Ten years ago, they killed his wife. It's a big deal. Point it, hold the trigger, and boom, somebody dies. There's still time to save her. Time travel. Stay here, Walker. In my future, you're dead. Murder is forever. Surprise. Until now. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Time Cop. Rated R. Starts Friday, September 16th. Welcome back to the podcast, Old Millennials Remember Movies. I am your host, Angela Yoshiko, here with my co-host, Tyler Wilson. You see what I'm doing right now? You're you're sitting? Nope, I'm doing the splits. The Jean-Claude Van Damme splits. Yeah, always doing the splits. Wouldn't be a movie, his movie, without him doing the splits. He does it at least, what, three, four times in this movie? With the first kickoff in like a kitchen scene, pretty Well, that's incredible. the best one. I mean, that that's the best one one that's in the little tv spot we just played i mean there's so much to talk about time cop from 1994 it's going to be an exciting time and tyler you have come up with a special title for this episode this is a special episode is what it is it's our back to the time cop future episode because back to the time cop future episode that's right because our main feature of course is time cop that's why we play the trailer it's time cop but this was inspired by the fact that we showed our children all four of our children all three back to the future movies and so one might ask well why don't you just do an episode on back to the future and the answer i would give you is that the problem with doing an episode on back to the future any of them is that the first back to the future much like jurassic park is a perfect movie (laughs) and there's not much to really like go over everybody knows why back to the future is great and so mm-hmm. i don't know i just think it would be a weird episode to do because like, like that was really good yeah yeah, yeah that was really now, good. now uh, there's there's something to be said about maybe discussing the sequels but um because we showed our kids the first one and their reception to the first one we ended up just going into the two so i thought look we'll talk about it for a little bit here people know that back to the future is great um so there's that so yeah what pro- i don't know we've been talking about showing them back to the future for a while at least the older two kids mm-hmm. we have like a little storybook version that came out that was like a like kid pictures of mm-hmm. back to the future but um yeah and our kids would never like choose to watch this because it's not like it doesn't look like a kid movie or anything but um yeah what did you how did you think it went showing them but just the first movie it's always nerve-wracking when you show your kids a movie that you really love yeah. and you want them to love. Lots of expectations, lots of hopes and dreams, writing on the line of the viewing experience. Right. And uh, overall, our kids really were engaged with it. There were a couple times where we had to like pause it and like explain, like, okay, so this is what's happening, and this is when they're at, and yes. why they're there. Yeah. Um, to like our eight-year-old who, and you know. Our two oldest, eight and ten, were were the ones that you know stuck the, with it. The younger, the four and six year old, which I mean, obviously these movies are too they're too young for those these two movies. Yeah. But with the exception of some, we fast forwarded through the only real act of violence in the first movie, where Doc Brown gets shot by the terrorists, and then there's a little bit of gunplay, but no one actually gets hit in the third movie. Um, other than that, it's not a lot of. I mean, there's language or swear words, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's nothing our kids haven't heard. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. Um, uh, so you know, it was fine, and they engage. I think they the the two younger kids will 
sit and watch a movie all the way through if like we've made a big deal about it and the other two kids are sitting all the mm-hmm. way through so it doesn't really matter if they don't understand what's going on yeah they'll just watch it right so there were a couple times that ellie just like wandered off and then you'd be like oh come back i want you to watch this scene right because like especially like later with the skateboard like the skateboard and then like with um the hoverboard in mm-hmm. the in the sequel so i wanted him to see that kind of stuff um yeah but like with back to the future the first one it seemed like especially our our 10-year-old, once she kind of got the grasp of what's going on and how he's in 1955 and he's interacting with his p- parents, she really got into that yeah, storyline. that was so cool. She was very into that. And, and it was, she was just, that was the, that was what really hooked her. And I think our, our son also really liked kind of that aspect mm-hmm. of it. Um, and then the, the time travel aspect, you know, that's always fun. It's in a car. There's, you know, there's... What I love about Back to the Future is that it's not... Um, it's not like it's not. A, they're not. None of them really. They're not action movies. Um, when it comes to like, when we think about blockbusters nowadays, it's just so cram packed with action. These are very, very much not. There's mm-hmm. some sequences, but they're so um, how quaint, I guess, compared to what we see nowadays. I mean, like getting a, a a skateboard chase or a hoverboard chase with some manure at the end of it is kind of the extent mm-hmm. of uh, of action. I think that you know the third movie has a real big kind of train sequence, which is pretty. Um, pretty well done actually but um yeah not like a ton of action um yeah i don't know there's not much to say other than like back to the future is just perfect and uh i'm glad like like when we showed them et that it was like like at least the older two kids knew like this is this is these are movies Mm -hmm. kids this is what you gotta get attached to it was creepy in the second movie how biff was inspired by donald trump and then now in 2021 is still like a relevant character in our world yeah and what you say is is that's not your opinion like i think there's been interviews where they that they've talked about like the model of biff going into a turning into a casino magnet or whatever was very much like the gaudiness of donald trump Uh so that's very much there. Um, so that was just weird because it was like, well, that's weird. It was weird, um, and I, you know, I remember that being discussed when he was running initially and all that. But um, there it, were the whole like Biff being sort of rapey towards the mom. That was a little uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean that was kids. that was a little bit. We had to kind of talk through that in the first movie, especially when there's just yeah, she, she's what's get, okay and what's not. He's okay. getting all well. I mean, obviously he's played off as a bad, you know, bad dude, but. It's kind of even the stuff earlier in the movie. Like he he's being that way, really aggressive early in the movie too. Mm-hmm. But you know that was just a discussion of like he's a really bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like he's not respecting him. He's a, he's a bully. He's a criminal, etc. So, um, I was nervous about showing them Back to the Future. T- I I've gone through a. Uh, I've always thought Back to the Future one perfect right and i just thought the sequels were always good but like i didn't really care about it as much yeah. i don't have to watch all of them you know if i see the first one i don't have to watch it then then a couple years ago like i ended up watching like the back half of back to the future part two on tv and i was just like this movie's great like yeah. like i just loved like it because it's folding on top of itself already like another turn so there's two Martys running around. I mean, this is all related to what we're going to talk about in Time Cop. Um, so I really liked all that stuff. I guess the thing I, I don't, don't love and we, which is weird because when I was a kid, I loved it. Um, is the kind of when they go to the future 2015 in the, in Back yeah, to the Future I Part 2. I still loved it. I it's a little, it. it's a little like over silly, I think. And, um, I mean, it's, some which of it's parts? fun. The hoverboard? Parts? No, I love the hoverboard. Give me, well, don't then give what me are you talking, that's all it is. 
It's a little extra cartoony during that sequence than it is in other Yeah, and it's segments. like it's like Marty McFly's son. Yeah. And then like I don't like that. I don't know. The the like way his son was was like doofy. I didn't love that. Yeah, it's a little bit weird and um they kind of introduced this thing about like, you know, the whole chicken thing. Like, or, you know, oh, no one calls me chicken. This is what causes all these problems. And that is a little bit of a retcon into the next. And that's not really a thing in the first movie, not like it is on these sequels. And what's weird is that, um, you know, they were shot back to back and they, you know, came out a year after itself. And there's a great cliffhanger in it, which is really cool. But um, some of the plot things in number two, that's where it kind of is kind of weird when you're watching part two in the future especially there's these little plot strands where he gets like fired from his job and it's just like okay like whatever and what's weird about that is that it does it takes like the whole movie not regarded again because they go they leave the future and they go to alternative 85 and then back to 55 and then in the third movie they're almost entirely in the old west and then at the tail end of three you get like a little bit like a few of these bow wrapping moments from these scenes early in two way early and it's just kind of like i don't know if i'm like on board with this whole thing right but um i'm on board i love it um yeah hoverboard's great um yeah this was the part where we had to really number two is kind of the part where we had to really pause and it kind of explain what was going on because it's like okay he went back to the 85, but it's all wrong. Look at his house. It's all messed up. Now there's a bunch of people getting shot at at this mm-hmm. place. You guys can't live here, right? And then it's like, okay, now he's going to go back again. Mm-hmm. And he's going to meet the guy again. But he just left. So, he, like, Doc Brown thinks that he's just left, but he's there again. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, that was weird, but I, I don't know if they fully got it. But um, it worked well because then they were really excited at the end of two when Doc Brown gets struck by lightning in the flying car and he disappears and the movie ends with what I think is a great, like (laughs) what I love about the ending is like that happens. And that would be like, I think a lot of people would just like, that would be the time to like cut off and be like to be continued. Right. But no, like he gets that, uh, Western union delivery in the middle of the rain. And it's just like, Oh, it's just, I was told to deliver this at this exact same place at this exact same moment, blah, blah, blah. And he, you realize that he's in the West and it's so cool. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that twist. Scene. So, in the spirit of this, um, uh, our podcast, what I will say about Back to the Future, this is so weird because I love the first one, but when I used to watch this, I didn't have these movies. Uh, we didn't own them. Mm. But when I would go to Wisconsin uh, to see my grandparents and my cousins, my Aunt Leanne had her little cabinet of VHS tapes, right? And this was a big deal for us. We could always go in there and pick a movie to watch or whatever, take it out, right? Well, we would often go because as like I don't know we were like 11 or 12 mm-hmm. we were just like back to future 2 future hoverboard we would like often skip one number one to go to two and then we'd have to watch three though you couldn't watch two without watching three because you gotta see how it finishes yeah and three is is a little bit of a weird thing because it's like there's so much craziness going on in two and three is relatively straightforward in terms of it just being like set in the west but um I don't know as a I like kid, it. I did not like like three. I liked yeah, that was the thing. The, the tying of the bow, and yeah. I, I. But then it, it just felt like, you know why? Because as a kid, I was kind of a shit. Where I'm like, oh, this is an old western movie. I don't want to watch. See, this. but now as an adult, I like. I really yeah. like westerns in general. Yeah. So I'm like, I like western version of Back to the Future, totally. and I think the train stuff at the end is really fun. Like yeah. they, this practical thing of them like pushing this train to the end. I don't know why they. They move like they don't move the the thing that says end of track, and because they, mm-hmm. they're trying to get up to a speed and it's really difficult to get to the speed. I think running into a giant like 
blockade yeah. would probably make you lose a few miles per hour. I feel like they probably should have moved yeah, they that before they passed their uh, planning there. Um, yeah, and very then, distracted. By what's that. weird though is I always forget the end when like there's like a there's like a good five to ten minutes after they get back where they kind of have to you know wrap these like he gets in an almost car chase with the or a race with those other guys. That's the accident that's talked about in the first in the second movie, right? And just like, all right, yeah, I thought this movie was over, but I always remember the train, like the flying train coming back because so cool. I remember the TV show, the cartoon series that uh, was on after that. I never watched that. Yeah, there's a couple episodes on our Blu-ray or DVD, but um, not the whole, not the whole thing. Darn it! I just remember the, those kids that are in there. They have, they're in, they're in the show a lot. Those little twins with Doc Brown. Doc Brown's kids. Yeah, it's dumb. Who cares about those kids? Am I right? Like Doc Brown. Like what's her name was not to me. She seemed old then. And she still looks exactly. Oh, the she same looks the today. same, and that was 1990. Yeah, she looks pretty much the same, Mary Steen version. Yeah, she's ageless. Like 30 years later. Her and Paul Rudd, man, they don't age. I guess. She's like, wow. Um, yeah, but what I what I liked about um, our kids watching it is that after we they watched Back to the Future, we told them at that point, like, oh, there's two more, and they're like, oh, we should. They really wanted to watch them, and then when two ended, they like, we have to watch that tomorrow. <laughs> we have to know what happens right now, mm-hmm. and that's a good feeling mm-hmm. to get. The two older kids, anyway. The other kids were, they, I don't know, they're just like, well, the other, the older kids are excited, so mm-hmm. I guess we better be excited, too. Yeah, so. they don't care, though. Yeah, so, you know, Back to the Future, I mean, it's great. It's mm-hmm. still great. It's classic. I think 10 is, like, a perfect age for, for it. Yeah, I mean, other than, you know, language, I mean, the only thing that I'm always ever skittish with our kids, just, to, you know, is, is violence like because they're just not they haven't been exposed to that in the second one there's like a drive-by shooting yeah no one gets hit though pulls out like a gun yeah but they don't nobody gets hit and that that, that's kind of the key for me and like you said like all the 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 sexual like assaulty or um harassment that just has to be explained but you know that can be explained to kids as like a form of like that's really bad bullying that that's a bad guy you know like so there's there's that that can be explained Without really like going too much into the the gender aspect of it, which I mean we'll have to address with our kids as they get older. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's just different being a, a female in this uh, a society. That's just the reality, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, when they're ten, you can just be like, "That person's bad." You see what he's doing to her? That is mm-hmm. not okay. Personal space. She said no. Consent. Consent is a not yeah. not a sexual thing necessarily. So mm-hmm. yeah. That I can explain. Violence, I'm just like, yeah, people shouldn't shoot guns. But, you know, Ooh, they've also popped in at me. Look, they've seen me uh, shoot some yeah, guns. Yeah, you let them watch Fortnite. I don't let them Fortnite. watch That it. was fucking ridiculous. I didn't let them watch me. They were sitting around I had to move watching. them. I kept saying, I, that's why I don't play it on this TV screen. That's, that's why you sure. don't play it in front of them, I period. don't play it with them in front of them. Yeah, you let I was them. just running and people over with my car it. when I was doing that. I wasn't actually oh, shooting yeah, anybody. Oh, yeah, that's so much better. That's a concept they understand. You get in front of a car that's going real fast, you're going to get hit. Also, they just disintegrate. Nobody gets uh, hit Jesus, with anything. Tyler. <laughs> I don't let them watch it. You did? I Oh, for two minutes, and I told them to leave, is what I did. Oh, oh, okay. Well, you told them to leave, so it's fine that they sat and watched you for ten minutes. I am I am killing eight-year-olds on the in the game, so it's the fact that we don't even let our kids hardly watch it, I mean, I think we're doing okay. Because I hear them on this, the audio sometimes, like, hey, Billy! Yeah! <laughs> Are there eight-year-olds named Billy these days? Yeah, they're all named Billy. Are there? And then I just mow them down. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Not appropriate. Oh, my God. Virtually. Oh, my God. Virtually. Yeah, I got that. That doesn't make it better. I mean... They should yikes. get better at the game. 
Yikes. <laughs> anyway, Back to the Future. It inspired us to watch Time Cop. Because we're like, know, we should so do we a time... want to do a full episode. Right. And then I was like, let's do a time traveling one. And then I was like, oh, Time Cop. And you know me, I'm always just like, you want to watch a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie? Okay. Then it's like just like, yep done there's there's a couple there's yeah there's there's not very many people that i'd be like it doesn't matter what the mood i'm in if it if you say you want to watch a jean-claude van Damme movie i'll be like yep if you want to watch a jackie chan movie i'm like yep if you want to watch someone with sam jackson i'm probably just gonna be like yep you know it's pretty much how it is what won't you yep to me uh i mean you know there's certain things that i want to necessarily watch in that moment okay. i would say there's a lot of things okay i think not not that i wouldn't i'm just saying like there'd be there's some Everything is almost subject to, like, I'm not in the mood for that. Whereas I'm always in the mood for JCVD. Always. Okie dokie. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, Back to the Future. Before we start talking about Time Cop, do you want to talk about the 86 movies and shows that you've been watching? Record more often. I won't have as much to talk about. What you've been watching. The segment where Tyler tells us all the things that he's watched and what we should watch or not. Well, I watched, uh, you know, we're recording this on September 11th. I watched the Netflix movie that just came out with Michael Keaton called Worth, and it's pretty good. It is about the fund that was set up after 9-11 uh, for victims. They were the, the Congress set up a fund to kind of compensate the victims of the tragedies and, and the attacks in an effort to, well, I mean, it was an effort to pay people for loss of life but I mean one of the main reasons they wanted to do that was there was a huge fear that they were going to have to deal with all of these lawsuits against the airline companies and they were concerned about litigation you know really tying down the economy in a really bad way so mm-hmm. they came up with this solution to try to um, come up with an amount of money and so they hired a team and this guy played by Michael Keaton he plays he's a real life guy He's like a number cruncher. He had, has to determine like who, what people's lives are worth, and it's not just a flat, um, flat number. Everybody is measured against their economic value, their lifetime economic value, which is so fucked up. It's messed up, right? Um, but that's what they were doing because they were trying to figure out. Because the whole idea was that they'd sign up, people would sign up for the money, and then they'd waive their, they would then waive their right to sue down the road, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what it's about. Um, it's got Michael Keaton in the lead, so he's great in it. Um, Amy Ryan is in it. Um, Stanley Tucci plays a guy who is against the fun. He's a victim family member, and he doesn't think it's uh, fair, right? And so um, I would say the first half is a little bit more compelling than the back half. I think it finds... It tries. To, I think it does a smart thing in that it it uses a couple different stories, like not real. They're just like composite characters, so not real people, to kind of like show what this was of like meeting with these families who don't want to sign this sign for this, and they feel like they're insulted and what their story is, right? And so, I think that was a smart thing, but I don't know if it really like it. Just you could feel the mechanics of it moving a little bit because it's also like a thing where Michael Keaton's playing a guy who's like he's a numbers guy. And he's got, he's really removed from this. And until he really gets to know the families and understands the actual loss of life, he's never going to be able to make a fair. So that's like this, uh, personal, like, arc for the character. And I, you just, he's, it's well acted, but it just feels a little, it's a little mechanical. You just kind of feel the screws moving a little bit, I would say. And so I think that kind of hinders it a little bit in the end. But, uh, good cast. I mean, it's an interesting topic. I didn't really know the details of this, like this, um, read an article afterwards and I mean 
yeah, there's a bunch of narrative changes, but it's, uh, you know, the idea of it and what they were kind of discussing is what they had to do. They had to sign up people, these families, to take money and in the effort to them not sue. And then a big, excuse me, big surprise, you know, the really rich uh, family members, they lawyer up and get some fancy lawyers and they get, they want way more than the, the people who don't make much, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there's this other balance of like, I thought one scene that was really, it was, there was a good contrasting scene between Amy Ryan meeting with some people who were uh, families of immigrants or they were there confidentially. There's like, this is not going to disrupt your status as an immigrant or whether you're of your, um, your citizenship or anything like that. And it, it plays like it kind of plays inter, intercut with Michael Keaton meeting with the high end lawyers, right? And it's like, they, they meet at the end and it's like, how did your meeting go? And the Michael Keaton is just like, yeah, I mean, they're just bitching and like, we're just, we're just gonna be, it's gonna be a fight to get these people or get to offer more. It's like, what about your group? Like, they're just, they were astonished how much they were getting. They're grateful. Mm-hmm. And so it's that, there's a little bit, so there's some of that is interesting, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's okay. It's tough watch just because it's about 9-11, but. Yeah, it sounds fun. Yeah, well. It sounds like a real fun movie to That's do. the thing, you know, what's weird is that, uh, too. I mean, it's 20 years. And that, you know, and I, I, that's crazy to everybody, right? We all yes. think that's crazy. But for for us, that is weird uh, in, a, in an extra way in that we were 18 and, like, it's really, like, the start of our actual adulthood mm-hmm. was, like, when this happened, right? We were seniors in high school. So that's the part that I'm just like, holy shit, I'm, like, 20 years ago. I'm an old man. On top of all the other emotions about thinking about 9-11. So yeah. it's just this weird uh, weird yeah. thing. So anyway, that's worth. It's on Netflix. Won't be watching it. Okay. It sounds good. Okay. The next one I'm going to tell you about, I think you actually should watch. Okay. Uh, because you were uh, a, a Conjuring fan, the first Conjuring. Yeah, I was like my number one that yeah. year. So this is James Wan. So James Wan... He made the first Saw movie. He made these Insidious movies that people find scary, um, which I have never seen Insidious, uh, oddly. And then uh, he made The Conjuring. In The Conjuring 2, he did not make the newer one. That's no good. But um, he also then would go on to make, like, Furious 7. He made one of the better Fast and Furious movies. And then he made Aquaman, a movie that I uh, unabashedly just kind of like for its silliness. Mm -hmm. So now he's back after he's made these big blockbusters doing a small... "Quote unquote small horror movie." Don't Back tell me to too much roots. if you want me to watch it. I'm not going to tell you uh, too much about it. It's on HBO Max in theaters. Although you know, apparently, I have another thought about all that. But HBO Max, if you want to watch it at home, and um, I'll just say it is about a woman who has just gotten out of a, an ab- abusive relationship, and she starts having these. She gets attacked. She has starts after this attack. She starts having visions, very vivid visions of uh, other people getting viciously murdered. You're spoiling it for me. I'm not. I'm setting up. This is just the premise. And so she's having these visions, and she doesn't know why. And what I'll say is like it's insane. Like, are they not visions? Is she actually the one killing the people? No, but it is. Uh, it's wild, and the reason I say it's wild because in the first scene, I'm not going to tell about the. I'm not going to tell you about the first scene because I think the first scene. Oh my god, you're killing me! It's just that it's okay. <laughs> it's hard to describe. It's just so. It's really gory. It's really violent. Uh, it plays for about an hour like a haunted house movie, and then it's not. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's still supernaturalish things going on, but it's just not that vibe anymore. And then. I was kind of digging how crazy it is. It's like it's it knows it's a little bit silly, mm-hmm. 
the first scene sets this up. Like, if you see this first scene, you'd be like, what the fuck is this movie? Like, you just know something weird is coming. You just don't know it's coming, and it takes about an hour to get there. But, like, you can... And you kind of know where it's going, but you're like, they're not going to do that. They're just not going to do that. And then they're like, oh, we're going to do it. We're going to do it times a thousand. You think you're... Like, imagine how you think this might go. We're going to do it times a thousand. And it is wild. And I... I really enjoyed, especially, like, the last half of this movie. It was just insane. Like, it's not, like, again, it's a little silly. I don't necessarily call it scary, but it is uh, just insane. Interesting. I would recommend it for, uh, because, I mean, it's going for it. Okay. And I think it's James Wan. And he brings all these, you could tell, like, he's, he's, there's... There's action scenes in the movie. It's not like an action movie, but like he, the way he's staging it, the camera's swooping all over the place. I mean, it's just, it's just wild. I mean, he's just going for broke. Okay. I, uh, I really, I mean, even in the first 20 minutes, there's a sequence where you remember in Minority Report, um, when the little mechanical spiders are coming after blind, uh, spiel, uh, yeah. blind Tom Cruise, you get that overhead shot of the apartment building, right? Mm-hmm. And you see the spiders going through. There's a scene like that in Malignant in the early stages, and it's like, all right, I know this is, like, making me think of Minority Report, but it's still cool, and it's like, we're only 20 minutes of this movie, and this is what we're doing. Like, this is not even not even close to what this goes to. Like, it goes insane. It's insane. A little silly, mm-hmm. but I like that. Malignant. I would watch it. Okay. On if I were you. Max. We'll you, do. I'm telling you you should watch it. Should I watch it on the TV screen? No, I just watch my phone. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't I terrible? I'm like, yeah. ah, big theaters. <laughs> Who cares? Watch on your phone. That's why I, I want everything on my phone. I don't want to go back to the theater. Just give it to my phone. I'm good. Okay. I can put my fa- I can put my phone to my screen. My face like this, real close, one I inch. Can. Exactly. Big screen. That's what I've been saying. Tired of people telling me that big screen's better. I don't care yeah. anymore. I'm done. I can put my noise canceling headphones on and yeah. get a pretty good audio experience too. I know. I don't want to. I, I, if I start talking about this, I'm going to start talking about it for 20 minutes. So I'm, so not gonna... I'm only going to let you talk about one more movie that you watch. No, I'll blast through these ones. No. It's fine. No. Yeah, which ones? Which ones do you talk about? Talk about the next recent one. You well, okay, from twenty twenty. Oh, that one I thought was pretty surprisingly okay. So I'm. It's called Love and Monsters. It came out late last year, but pretty much just went straight to. I mean, it was kind of a moderate budget movie, but I think it played in some theaters. But I think it just. I mean, it made money on online, right? Um, so it's about a, a young kid-ish guy, young man, who is in the middle of a monster apocalypse. So there's mon- monsters on the surface. That all the humans that are remaining are hiding out in bunkers, right? But he's got, like, a girlfriend who he finds out's alive in a different establishment. So he decides, like, he's kind of a wimp, I guess. And he decides, like, I'm going to go after her. So he goes to the surface, and he's got to deal with uh, getting there. And there's monsters, right? And so it's weird because I watched this. I'm reading um, the first Last Kids on Earth book mm-hmm. to our eight-year-old son who Which is likes... a series on Netflix. It's a, now a series on Netflix. There's a lot of books, Which right? Which watched them all and yeah. to kind of engage his reading. He wa- yeah, enjoy. he watched the show already, but so the first book doesn't only... I mean, it probably doesn't cover much of the show. It's pretty short books, but um, we're reading it, and it's very zombies and monsters, and these kids are... And listen, like, for me... It's kind of obnoxious to read because <laughs> it's just very much like it's aimed at its target audience. It's aimed, but it's like that thing where it's like thirteen-year-old characters, but it's like 
and it's trying to be cool, but it's not really written for a 13 year old. It's written for an eight year old. Mm -hmm. So it's like this, it's got this air of being cool Mm -hmm. for an eight year old, but it's not, you know what I mean? I don't know how to describe that. No, I mean, our daughter Marion reads the same like dork diaries and it's the same, right? They're in middle school. They're 13, 14 years old, but like it's meant for like eight, nine, 10 year olds. I will not read those books with her. She keeps wanting me to. And I'm like, no, it will not. So, I mean, there, it's a little bit obnoxious, right? So, and when this starts, it has narration like that. The and movie. It, yeah. And I'm just like, oh, I don't think I could do this. Like, I'm reading this book because it's already kind of noxious. But, like, it's got some really good visual effects and, like, uh, creature design in it. Mm-hmm. It's creative in that way. Uh, Michael Rooker shows up for a little bit, and he's, like, a guy that kind of helps him learn how to be tough on the surface. So he's pretty, you know, any, Michael Rooker, anytime he shows up, is good. Um, and... Like, I don't know. Like, it has some pretty good... It, the main actor is, like, Dylan O'Brien. I think he's only in the Maze Runner. I've only ever seen him in, like, one Maze Runner movie. But he's okay. And, like, it... I don't know. Like, for what it is, it was kind of entertaining. And it it wasn't very long. It got in and then got out. They had some kind of fun little sequences. I was... It was a moderately, uh, surprisingly solid. Nice. For a movie that was just on Hulu. That sure. I just saw. So... That's cool. I'd recommend that mildly. Um... Yeah, then I just watched a bunch of what would be potential candidates for movies we would watch on this podcast, but none of them would be uh, good enough to, like, good or bad enough to really do a whole episode on, right? You know, I should be the one to say that, not you. It's kind of presumptuous for you to just well, be like, I watch all these movies that could have been okay, on our podcast, but now it's not going to be on our podcast. Mm. Because you're choosing, and this is totally fine, you'll talk about it in a minute, you're choosing to get engaged in a show that has multiple hours and multiple episodes, and that's what you're watching. And so I'm not, like, a big TV person. I'd rather just watch movies and be done with it, including movies that I've already seen. Fine. So Blah, blah. Okay. Oh, never mind. I won't talk about oh, it. Oh, oh, oh. done now. Did I hear your feelings? Yeah, I'm not entirely. I'm sorry. Not very nice. So the first one you have on the list is The Whole Nine Yards from 2000. Yeah, so do you remember watching this Whole Nine Yards movie with Bruce Willis as, like, this hitman, and he lives ne- he moves in next door to Matthew Perry? Did you ever see this? Yeah. I'm not a big Matthew Perry fan, so I never, I didn't care for it. You're not a big Matthew Perry fan. No. I didn't know that. Um, so to no, me... He's fine on, like, TV. Yeah. In Friends. I like Matthew Perry, and, he, like, the reason I watched Friends for as long as I did was because I liked um, uh, Joey and Chandler. Sure, they're fine, yeah. but, like, he's not, like, a, a movie actor. And Yeah, no, I know. But I I, I, mean I liked it. I like Matthew Perry as a comedic and actor. how about Bruce Willis in a movie called The Whole Nine Yards? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So what's weird about this, and I kind of remember... So I, this is the first time I've watched it in years, mm-hmm. right? And... I, it was a big hit, and to the point where they made a sequel that either it was so yard, nine and a half yards. No, it's called Ten. It's a movie that I either I've seen and was so horrible I forgot, or I never we watched saw. It together. We it, did we? It together, God, yeah. it's got to be horrible, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but it was a big hit. That's what's weird. Michael Clark Duncan's in it. Amanda Peet. Um, yeah, I love Amanda Peet. Yeah. So and she's got this weird thing where she. It's We've just, watched this like not that unrecently. Well, not since we've had kids. No, I have not seen this movie in a long time. That's not that long ago that we had kids. You know, you want me to burn through these really fast, but then you're just like, let's talk about when I watched this movie last. You're such a dick. Um, Fine. No, Jesus. what's weird is that, like, I when I first saw this movie, I was, like, back in the day, I was like, it was such a hit, people seemed to like it, and I was just like, it's fine. Like, what are we talking about? Like, it's an R-rated comedy, I Who guess. I liked it? It was. It made like a hundred million dollars. People Ugh. kept going to it. Like it didn't open huge, and then it just like had word of mouth. I remember this and watching it. I was like, I mean, it has a good cast, but 
it's such a goofy movie. Um, I think the only not and not a goofy movie, which is a great mm-hmm. movie. Um, the only thing I really liked about it was I, Matthew Perry is trying so hard to keep it funny, and he he's the only thing he's the only character that is allowed to be funny. That's what's weird. Like everybody else is kind of playing it straight, and he's the only one who's just kind of like commenting on how crazy everything is, right? And so he's funny, um, but like everything else, I, I don't know. I'm still just like this movie's. How does how is this a huge hit? I don't get it. Still don't get it after all these years. No. So that was uh, whatever. I because we did all those Pirates of the Caribbean movies. I saw that House on a Haunted Hill, the 1999 version, was on HBO. I think only for like the month, and so I was going to go away before Halloween. So I watched it. Haven't watched this since it was on HBO 20 years ago when I watched it the first time. I didn't see it in the theater, and uh, yeah, it's still pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> is it the one that came out at the same time as Blair Witch? It's 99, so yeah, and it came out the same year as The Haunting, which was like Liam Neeson, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Owen Wilson. So same year, and they're bo- and The Haunting and The House on Haunted Hill are both remakes of old so, movies. The House on Haunted Hill, the reason I was mad at you for watching this without me is yeah. because this is the one that I double-featured with Andy Peggy, where we went to Blair Witch Project and this movie oh, in really? the same day. Together. Oh, House on Haunted... Blair Witch Project is better. Um, oh, yeah. Blair Witch Project had us scared shitless. And then we went to House on Haunted Hill and we were like, eh, the old one's scarier. So what's notable about House on the Hill is that it is, like, uh, Jeffrey Rush in, like, this lead role. And it has a good, like, Allie Larder, Tay Diggs, these 2000-era, 1999-era stars. Allie Larder, Tay Diggs, Fam Jansen, Chris fucking Catan is the and yes. in the movie, which so is just weird. wild, right? Peter Gallagher. It's all these 1999 people. Um, it's just, it's kind of grody and, um, but not remotely scary. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, it's Have so hashly. Yeah. And that's the funny thing. I've seen that one more. I've yeah. seen. I watched that one a ton. And it has the same setup. Um, that there's a couple, they stage they this party. To, yeah. And that, that one's pretty good. I've seen that one a couple times and I've seen the old haunting too. And, and that's always been my interest. Cause then I, that's, I mean, I've, I'm sure I've seen that one more recently. Um, but yeah, other than Jeffrey Rush, the other thing was notable about, um, the house on haunted Hill, the beginning, he, Jeffrey Rush plays, he plays the guy named price. Cause he's playing that's ha ha. He's playing the Vince's price character from the old one. Right. Um, he's a roller coaster designer. And so he's got this opening scene where it's so weird. Like you take an elevator up to this roller coaster and that he's getting interviewed by a TV person. The TV uh, interviewer is Lisa Loeb, mm-hmm. you know, the singer Yep. for some reason. And then like the gag is, is like, Oh no, the elevator collapsed and they get like, they fall down. They quote on they, and then it's a trick or whatever. So mm-hmm. that's like a, you know, we, now we have that ride mm-hmm. that, that came out probably around the same time like that. Uh, now they changed it in Disney World to uh, a Guardians of the Galaxy thing, but like the Tower of Terror. Mm-hmm. It's an elevator that goes up and down, right? Yep. So then you get to the top, and then you get on it, and it's this green... It's called something else, but it's this green roller coaster. And it, like it's so weird. You ride the whole thing. And you're like, why are we so- showing this whole roller coaster? And I thought it looked familiar. It's a roller coaster you and I have been on. We went on this t- 20, like 15 years ago when we got... It's the Incredible Hulk ride. At Disney or at Universal oh, Orlando, mm-hmm. and it's green. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, maybe they're just because, like, well, if you use it, if we let you use the roller coaster, you have to show the mm-hmm. whole thing, even though they're not like saying it's the Incredible Hulk ride; they're calling it something mm-hmm. else. That's a different place. But, yeah, you know, I am thinking it was the haunting. The haunting that I saw. 
Well, that would be the okay. Because they yes. opened up at the same time. Yeah, it's summer in July of '99. Haunting came out House in Haunting July. Came out in October. It did, and it makes more sense that we would see them because we came. Well, out I hate to break it to you, but the Haunting with Liam Neeson is not also not a very good movie. I remember. <laughs> I remember being very disappointed. It has Lily Taylor in it giving a pretty good performance, and it has like I. It was Jan de Bont who made like Speed. And then you know speed too, but uh, uh, two and Twister movies, so and Twister right, and so like it has like what I liked about the haunting for a little while in that movie, it does have like some good set design and like it does do some like things with sound that's kind of fun, but then it just like I mean it's it's just not a very good movie and it's too bombastic right. This one, I don't know. I think that one might still be better than House on Haunted Hill with uh, I just it's just nothing. I don't know. It's a nothing movie. And then, uh, yeah, then I watched, uh... Heist. Heist, which I remember really liking when I saw it, like, in oh, a you theater. Were like, oh, no, Heist. Never mind. I was thinking of something else. This is 2001 Gene Hackman. Um, yeah. It's a David Mamet script and directed by that, and you know that within the first two minutes because everybody's talking real cool. Oh, and slow or just cool? And slow. Oh, I can't Real that. cool. And I then, like, Ricky Jay's in it. You remember Ricky Jay, the magician guy? He's since no. died recently. He was in a lot of his movies. Um, Sam Rockwell, though, is like one of the other main leads. Who's I mean, he's always good, right? Always. good cast, and that's like a and Del Rey Lindo, another guy I just love. I love mm-hmm. Del Rey Lindo, right? So I hadn't seen this in a long time, and it's still like pretty solid. But like the David Mamet dialogue is just so cool as a cucumber, and they're just like, "You all right, man? Yeah, that that's cute, huh? You're being a little cute, yeah, cute as a cute as a bucket full of kittens." I was like, like, yeah, stop. Cute stop as, trying to be smart. Cute as a Chinese baby. That was a weird one that they Ew, have. I know. Racist. I know. There's a few of those. Like, And it's Ooh, just a lot of dialogue awkward. like that. And it's just like, all right. We know that David Mamet's a, a cool screenwriter or a playwright. And we're just like, all right, David Mamet, calm down. But, I mean, it's got some good twists and stuff like that. It's a solid, like, dad Holds movie. Up. It's a solid dad movie. Gene Hackman. You know, because we haven't had Gene Hackman. And he's alive. He just has retired for, like, 15 years now. That's true. Or I haven't. Seen him in and if you watch one Gene Hack movie, you're just like, I should kind of want to watch like five Gene Hack movies. He's good and everything, pretty bit of a uh, kept acting, but I'm glad he's still alive. I guess. I don't know. Anything else on that list? That's all it is for you. Okay. Oh, you watched a whole show. I watched a whole series. Yeah. Because that's how I do. Yeah. But it's I like an like AMC, like ten episodes, only three seasons, right? Yeah, it only had like thirty-four seasons total. I do watch other shows that have like twenty episodes in a season. Now this one was shorter. Um, Into the Badlands, yep. Which, uh, yeah, is an AMC show that came out in twenty fifteen and then ended in twenty nineteen. I just like watching shows that I know aren't coming back. Cause then oh, it's you knew like, it was over. Then it's like I can just like be done with it. Instead of being like, oh, why, I don't why watch is this new season place. coming out? Because oh. yeah. then even if it's a cliffhanger in my mind, it can just be like, the end. But it's really good, uh, according to Wikipedia, Tyler. Oh. It's uh, been described as a high-octane sci-fi martial arts series. I mean, it sounds like a show I would like. But... In a post-apocalyptic drama. I'm tired of these post-apocalyptic things, but that's fine. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, we're living in of, we're living in the post apocalypse. I mean, so this I just was go. like way in the future where there's like it's you know way know, way way. But way, I'm way. just like okay. it's a lot of sword play. Yeah, and a lot of hiya. I like a lot of sword play. Lots of kicking and punching big... and throwing people around, and they do that like a uh, martial arts thing where like they basically fly. They wire so fast. or no no like uh, well crouching dragon. Mm-hmm, but there's a phrase mm-hmm. for it. I can't think of it. But... Yeah, that. Yeah, 
And uh, Nick Frost is in it. Love Nick Frost. You, you know, I mean, I love Nick Frost, but he uh, will appear in a lot of things. So it's not he's necessarily like in a measure whole of quality. Series, though. Yeah, I know, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, he's not necessarily like. He's what, on another. He's like on an Amazon show right now too. Like, what I like about his casting yeah. is that you don't see very many martial arts movies with like a big dude. And he's a big dude. Well, yeah, he holds his own and throws several uh, wrestling and rock-like moves in The World's End. Yeah. His uh, tr- uh, Coronado trilogy capper with Simon Pegg. Yeah, he's kicking ass and flipping around and jumping around and swinging shit around. It's pretty awesome. Does he do a rock... Is it Nick Frost that does the rock bottom in The World's End? I don't know, but it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> no, I awesome. love Nick Frost, obviously. So if you like like martial arts and stuff like that... Well, he jumps... And plus in Hot Buzz, he's jumping through the air and shit. Jumping over some fences in... Uh, well, that's the gag. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> he goes through the fence, and that's a whole, that's all three movies they have the fence gag. I don't know if you know this about the what? Edgar Wright trilogy. I just, I'm one of these guys. So, like, Edgar Wright has a movie coming out this fall called Last Night in to- uh, Soho, mm-hmm. and it's like a horror kind of thing, and I'm, and I know he made Baby Driver, and that was fine too, but I'm just like, and he's a good director, right? But there are some directors, and some people I really like, I'm just like, I don't know. Can you just like keep doing those Simon Picnic Frost movies? Like mm-hmm. that's I'm good. Like if you just keep doing those, even if they're like not as good, yeah. it's like I'd rather watch that. I know that's like not interesting to him as a filmmaker, probably, but I'm just like that's that's what I want from me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like I don't know. I don't really. I don't know if I care about Last Night in Soho. Anyway, this is a good show. That's all I'll say. Oh, good. And okay. now it's over. Now I have to like pick something else to watch. Apparently, I have to watch some uh, horror movie. Yeah, you should watch it. It's crazy. It's <sighs> is there, crazy. Like, a series? Can I can I watch a you know what I don't know if I like this movie thing where it's like it just starts and finishes I like 18 hours of binging we're opposite in that I do not want to do that I know you like it when the story starts and there's a middle and then it's there's an end and some of my favorite movies I love it when I like cook on a new movie I'm like I, especially a movie that I'm like I don't know do I want even Malignant I was like I don't know if I really like want to watch I don't care about this movie right mm-hmm. it was not it was hardly advertised or whatever right and so yeah. I'm not a big horror film fan know, anyway. Me I'm surprised you're recommending it to me. So I, well, I don't know. Like I, I don't know if you'll like it. I just think it's so wild that I mean, you should put Do your you eyes on it. You want me to watch it. it just so we can talk about it? Yeah, but no, I don't know. I just I like movies that are like, if I, especially if I just like feels like a little bit of homework. I'm like, ooh, 90 minutes. Like I can get through anything that's 90 minutes. Wait a second. Uh-huh. I was just reading. Sorry, I was definitely listening to you. No, you weren't. Um, reminiscence. Didn't we just watch that movie? Yeah. Daniel Wu's in that movie? Is he in it briefly? Daniel Wu. Yeah, he's the star of uh, Into the Bandlands. Is he the bad guy? He's, I don't know, he's In Reminiscence? Yeah, is he that guy that is in that scene where there's like him and Thandy Newton are fighting? In the bar and then she kills him? Yeah. Is that him? That must be. Oh, that movie's very forgettable. Must be. He's pretty he's I'm trying pretty to think cool. if there's anybody else, because that's a, kind of a small a cast. of him. Yeah, that might be him. I can't. That was kind of a small cast movie. I don't know who else he would have been in that. I know. I, was like, I don't what? remember. Didn't even. Didn't even. I wasn't like. Oh, I. I. Where did I see him in? You know, when you do that. Yeah, he's the guy who's like. Um, because there's flashbacks with him and Rebecca Ferguson. Um. Yeah. So that must be him. I guess. Yeah. He's oh, a, okay. You know what the, the the problem is? Yeah. He's got a mustache in in reminiscence. Let me see that mustache. It's got like a picture? A, yeah, I got a picture. It's, you can't really. It's still a good dark. song at the end of that movie. Yeah, he's it looks got a mustache. Totally different. 
With that mustache versus just, like his clean look. I just said you got a mustache really loud into the microphone right now. So that's going to be fun for the two <laughs> yeah, people to listen yeah, to that. Yeah, that spiked real high. Yeah. Off the charts high. I didn't realize it was right in front of my face. Jesus, Tyler. Yep. Okay. Deanna right. Wu. He's very good. I'd watch him in a... In, I, I hope he gets more Did stuff. you enjoy him in re- Reminiscence? <laughs> I did, actually. I thought he was good in that movie. What? Okay. Yeah. I don't he know wasn't like about. not good. No, I know. I just that, that movie, movie was kind of forgettable. Most forgettable movie. Yeah, but he he was a cool guy, other than being a killer. Okay, forty three minutes of what you've been watching brought to you but by us. Part of it was Back to the Future. This is why we're calling the episode Back to the Timecock Future. You see what I'm saying? We had a production meeting before this. That's what we talk about when you and I just talk before we record. We call that a production meeting. It sounds fancy. Listen, you're not producer. You're line producer. That's fine. That, but we still had a production meeting, didn't we? Didn't did we? we? Yes, if we talk yeah, right see, before... Here's the problem. You are making executive decisions before the production meeting, and it's more like an FYI But, like, do you care? But do you, like, care? I do. You care what I you want to do? take great pride in the planning of the show. I come prepared. Did you write what do you remember, by the way, for this I episode of Time... I definitely did. Oh, you did? Yes. You're a liar. Okay. You're a liar. So we're going to talk about Time Cop, mm-hmm. 1994, and we're going to kick off this part of the episode with, uh, what do you remember? So okay. I'll go first. This is where we sit down and we write what we remember about the movie. Before we put the DVD in or fire before it up. Before we rewatch before it. Before we allow the, the synopsis to pop up on the screen, even though you always accuse me of reading it, even though I never do. Yep. And sometimes before I open up Wikipedia so I can cheat a little bit to make it look like I'm not totally... And and Forgetful. real quick, we the the way we watched this movie was on DVD, but it was a DVD that was a two pack mm-hmm. uh, of Jean Claude Van Damme Bloodsport, great movie, mm-hmm. future episode, um, and Time Cop. But it was mm-hmm. one of those DVDs that's two sided, and so you could barely see which side had what. You had to look real small and be like, and it says like Bloodsport, other mm-hmm. side, and it's only on one side. This is other side Time Cop. So you had to, like, look before you put it in the thing. I'm recalling some sort of, like, South Park episode where this is a joke about going to Costco or Walmart and buying several discs of Time Cop in bulk. What? I don't recall this. Did you, re- did you read about this or no. something? Oh, man, I don't know. It's a joke or something? In I don't know. Just you saying the, the double-sided disc. I don't know. I have no idea. So, uh, Tyler, what do you remember about Time Cop? What did you write? I wrote... Hold on, uh, let me go first, let me go first. Oh, good. Okay, so time cop, here we go. What do you remember? Here are my notes. It says, Angela, did you write anything? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what you wrote. Yeah, did you write anything? I did. I wrote J-V... Nope. <laughs> J-C-V-D. There you go. Jean-Claude Van Damme. You got it. That is all. Okay. I think you actually did say that. I know. So. I, I think I told you to write that down for my notes. Oh, yeah, I think you did. You're not taking this part of the show seriously. Anymore? What are you doing? Oh, it's tea time with Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> you're mixing all the, ca- the, the segments. <laughs> well, I'm out of tea and I really want some. Oh, well, now you're pouring it, but you're not, you never pour Tell without... Tell me all the JCVD movies that you can in Tea Time with Tyler brought to you by me. Uh, Bloodsport, Kickboxer, Sudden Death, uh, Maximum Risk, uh, the one where he has the uh, mullet and he's got a Cajun accent. What's that one called? I don't remember. Uh, hard Target, that's what that one's called. Universal Soldier, Universal Soldier, like, The Awakening. All right, all right, all right. Uh, Street Fighter. All uh, right, all right. Knock right. Off. I got a lot in my head. If you could I could have kept going. If you had to watch one Jean-Claude Van Damme movie every day for the rest of your life, every day, it's got to fire it up. Well, I mean, the right answer is uh, Bloodsport. The honest answer is Street Fighter. <laughs> what? <laughs> Because it's so ridiculous. What? It's so bad, but no, it'd probably be Bloodsport. 
What? We've done Street Fighter on it. That's a good episode. Go back and listen to us that talk about Street Fighter. Uh, no, it'd probably be Bloodsport. Okay. Because that's just good. You're going to watch that every good day. Good JCVD. I mean, if you're making me watch a JCVD movie, one movie every day, I mean, that's the Does better Bloodsport one. Bloodsport have an epic training scene? Kumate. Because, I mean, I know we're going to get into it, but Time Cop does not have an epic training scene, which well, I was sort of missing. He doesn't need a train. He's already, like, a badass. No, I needed a training scene where he becomes a fucking Sounds Time Sounds like you just like boxing movies. I, I, well, not just, uh, in martial arts. Maybe you should just watch some Rocky arts. movies. Like, he it's trains not, in every one of those. No, where he has to, like, climb up a mountain. What's well, like kickboxer and water. No, that's not. Learning to do the splits. Maybe the quest is like that. That's another JCVD movie. Which JCVD movie has the best training sequence? Well, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I can't really remember. Where's the one where he's carrying in the water up a You're thinking of, like, stairs. Ace Ventura and a Slinky. Holy shit. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. Okay. You're thinking of Ace Ventura. Well, why don't you share what you remember? Thinking about Karate Kid. JCVD training scene. I mean, I'm sure, like, the kickboxer and Bloodsport have some training in them, because it's Carrying a... Carrying com- water up a mountain. You have some weird memories coming out of this right now. Why? Are you, what are you talking about? Well, that and, like, the South Park thing? Like, ne- ne- number one, I'm not even aware that you've seen more than, like, five episodes of South Park, period. That is not true. We've watched a lot of South Park. When? <laughs> Back in the day? Like, the Christmas episodes, because I'll, I'll Back consume anything. Back in the day crazy. You want to share what you fucking remember. All right. You're such a dick to me sometimes. I said JCVD is a time cop and he's chasing bad guy Ron Silver and the only thing I remember is the end where Ron Silver runs into Ron Silver and well, it's not good for Ron Silver. Plus JCVD does the splits probably. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he sure does. He sure does. Do- See, that's a predict. I mean, you could always write that down. True, 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 true. So the thing about Time Cop is is that I've seen it. Uh, I mean, this is probably the fourth time I've seen Time Cop, if not more. Four? And times. every time is like a new time. For, the the thing about I love about JCVD is that uh, I mean the splits, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but it's mm-hmm. also like there none of these movies are like what's the word I would use like specifically memorable mm-hmm. because like he does a lot of the same things in a lot of his movies and it's listen it's great right but like mm-hmm. the details get fuzzy especially if I get into like a, the mode of watching uh, his movies I it all bleeds together so I don't remember. I never remember that much of Time Cop until it gets going. And even then, like this time, like the first 20 minutes of this movie, I was like, holy shit, there's so much going on in this movie that I don't remember. Well, I mean, it does start wild. with a sweet opening scene that really uh, sets the tone. Oh, I did not even remember that. It's like set in like the 1700s or whatever. And it's like, what the <laughs> fuck is this movie? You're like, what the fuck movie? Well, and it's a time movie. I mean, it doesn't not make sense. It's just the now what I remembered about it. And it sets no context whatsoever. Oh, none at all. But, um, but yeah. So, I mean, there's that. But maybe we should get into, uh, um, the the high stats of Time Cop. You would like that, wouldn't you? That would be another segment that we do. So, Time Cop. High stats. It came out September 16th, 1994. Terrible release date. <laughs> That's right about now. Yeah, it is. Wow. About what? Wow. how many years? I can't do math. Wow. 94, 04, 14, 27 20, years? 6 years? Yeah. 27 of math. Yeah. Holy shit. I just guessed 27. Did you? Yeah. You're a good guesser. Is that how much it was? So, yeah. Came out September 1994. Uh-huh. It was budgeted for how much money do you think they spent? $25 million. You looked. No. Is that how, how much it is? $27. It looks about $25 million. <laughs> And it raked in 
Jean Claude's highest uh, guy, grossing so, this movie surprised me. This in is the a, history of him leading a movie. High, high, yeah, because I mean he's in the Expendables two, and he's in like Kung Fu Panda two and three. So I guess those are technically yeah, but ones where he's a lead. Yeah, one hundred one million. Oh, uh, that's worldwide though. He yeah. made, it made out fifty in the states. Still solid, but but um, you know what movie it beat out at the same time period? Like opening weekend. Yeah. What? Like at the same? No, that same came out at the same time and uh, outgrossed more. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is it? Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Well, Shawshank Redemption was like a that's that's like an Oscar. It was a tiered release. Funny how that. I mean, that's the one that. When you look back, you're like, mm, which one's better? Oh, I would watch Time Cop over Shawshank Redemption. That's me, though. <laughs> but which one's, like, a better qual- like better movie? I mean, are you asking me seriously? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of want Do you s- even remember Shawshank Redemption? This have is you the ever thing. seen Shawshank Redemption? I have seen when? Shawshank Redemption when? years ago. When? Here's the reason why I don't... It's one of those movies where... I don't think I've ever seen it. Okay. It's one of those movies It's kind of like Braveheart and... To, it's less broy, but reservoir not reservoir dogs, um, Boondock Saints. Mm-hmm. It's like every dude, every frat guy's favorite movie, or every dude's favorite movie is like either uh, Shawshank Redemption for a while. Let's change it now a little bit. Shawshank Redemption, uh, Braveheart. That one's because Mel Gibson is. Uh, that one's not gonna. No one's gonna say that one's their favorite anymore, right? But um, <laughs> or like for a while is the Boondock Saints, and I was just like, you know, Jesus, have you seen like five movies? So, like, I always found it to be a little bit, like, yeah, whatever, Shawshank Redemption, fine. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just another one where I was just like, eh, okay, I kind of feel that way about Forrest Gump. You know, my favorite... I kind of feel that way about... My favorite um, reference to Shawshank Redemption mm-hmm. was uh, the show Last Man on Earth. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, what's his name? The main guy? What's his Tandy, name? Tandy, Will Forte. Yeah, Will Forte. <laughs> Like was trying to impress like a woman, and it was her favorite movie, and he obviously hadn't seen it, so he just <laughs> keeps pretending like he has. And then there's another. Do you remember this? Yeah. And then there's another guy who has seen it, so he's like, "Oh yeah, I just Will Forte is so funny," and I feel like uh, that was hilarious. Thank God we watched that before the real pandemic started, because <laughs> that was about a deadly, deadly, it's super funny deadly. How virus. shows foreshadow the future. I mean, that was like about a super deadly virus, but still, super I don't think it would be. I don't think it'd be real easy to watch now. <laughs> they don't put that prominently. I always found that to be weird. Like they really like, especially even like whoever, whatever, whoever had Contagion mm-hmm. on streaming like Netflix twelve months Hulu ago, whatever, yeah. they blasted that everywhere, and then it was gone on the platform. And now like Hulu has, it, and it's just like fucking Contagion. You mm-hmm. want to watch Contagion? Like no, I'm living Contagion. I saw yeah. Contagion. It scared me then. It seemed like it was very realistic. And then yes, I'm well aware of yeah. how accurate it was. Okay, I don't yeah. need to watch it. They're not outbreak. Push, same thing. They're not going to push Last Man on Earth because it's like a, a dark comedy. Yeah. And, like, people aren't ready for that. It's, like, too soon. Oh, it's pretty funny, though. It is very funny. I was sad when it got canceled. Anyway. Um, but lots of jokes about Shawshank Redemption, which outgrossed this movie. Well, because Hi, it wasn't... I was, what I was saying was that it was, like, an, <laughs> it was like a slow-tier, like, Oscar-type movie. It mm-hmm. wasn't, like, a... This one was, like, wide release. They were trying to... They spent money to make get people to see this thing. Mm-hmm. And this was at the peak of, like, Jean-Claude Van Damme being popular in this country, so... Yeah. It was directed by Peter Hyams. Yep. He made uh, Sudden Death, which I think is a pretty good uh, Jean-Claude movie. That's the, like the hockey arena one. He made it right after this one. Oh, sure. Like, back to back. So, it was like... 
it was screening well, so they were like, let's fucking ride this. Yeah. And pushed it, like, I think, right after. So prior to that, I think he made, like, the, the, the 2001 sequel. It's, like, 2010. So did we watch um, Sudden Death recently, or... Within the last couple of years, yeah. Okay, I was, like, I was watching some clips from it, and I was like, I'm pretty certain I fucking saw this. Oh, yeah. It's pretty solid. But then, solid. isn't there a show that, like, parodied that? Uh, I got Bob's... Is Bob one of those? Yes. There's some, or is there's it a, like It's Always Sunny? It was some, It was something yes. that parodied the hockey and the... That was probably... The, whatever that was, game. it probably triggered us to watch Sudden Death. I was like, we should watch Sudden Death. Anyway. Yeah, it was mentioned in some show. I don't know. It could it be was, like a Brooklyn Nine-Nine thing. It was like it a hockey... Or maybe I'm just thinking of watching the movie. Yeah. That could also be what I'm... Peter Himes, he would do the 2010... Like, the 2001 sequel. And then he made, like, End of Days with Arnold Schwarzenegger. This is the peak. I mean, this is the peak, though. Peter mm-hmm, Himes' mm-hmm, directing mm-hmm. career, right? This in Sudden Death, right? Right? Yeah. I would for say. Sure. Uh, yeah, stars, uh, what we got? Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Mm-hmm. It stars uh, Ron Silver. Uh, Great. R.I.P. So He's no longer alive. He was mostly, to me, memorable for being uh, never a regular, but kind of a recurring player on the West Wing. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Bruno Gianelli, that was his name on the West Wing. Um, that is where I like remember seeing a lot of him. Yeah, because Bruno. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was like came in season three and then he would pop up periodically, right? Um, Mia Sarah, who played Sloane in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm-hmm. Bruce McGill plays JCVD's boss. He's in a thousand things, yeah. a bunch of Michael Mann movies and stuff like that. Um, and then Goya Rubin, who is, I don't know, mostly known, like, I guess. she, stuff recently? I don't only remember super from, familiar. I only remember her from ER, and I don't know if she did much after she was on ER. So that was the, that was the Gloria Rubin. She's got a weird part in this movie. It's weird. The whole movie's weird. The whole movie's really weird, but it's weird. Her part is especially weird. But. I agree. I was looking to see if I recognize anything she's been on recently, but. Yeah, so. Not really. Okay, so yeah, it, this movie. You, we had to pause it a couple times in the beginning because all this stuff happens so fast. Like, it's not a very long movie. And it's it's yeah, strange because it? it the pace is breakneck. 98 minutes. It The pace is breakneck in the beginning to explain what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. And then I feel like the last half hour is, like, set at this house and it's a little bit slow. It's so weird to spend so much, so go so fast through all this other stuff and then, like, have a... A one a scene where it goes on probably too long in one location at the end. Mm-hmm. It's very weird. Mm-hmm. But like the first half of this, I mean, I was digging how insane this was, and I didn't remember any of this this time. Like it's eight. I think I wrote eighteen sixty three. There's a guy stealing like gold from like can some Confederate soldiers, and they've got like future guns. Yeah, and you're just like, what the fuck's going like, on? What the fuck is happening? And then it jumps to like, uh, oh, that was okay. So this is what's weird. Clearly, people love Time Cop. I mean, really influential, important people like Time Cop because a lot of really popular, uh, more recent things have been ripping off Time Cop. Okay. We could make a very long list of things. And listen, is Time Cop ripping off things? Yeah, maybe, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what I, my theory is that these people watch Time Cop and they came up with these other theories because right when we get back. Intentionally or unintentionally? Intentionally. Intentionally. Because guess what we show up? Right when we go back from 1863, we go to 1994, the time period or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're trying to set up, like, they've just invented time... Oh, it's so fucking crazy. They're just like, yeah, we invented time travel. Oh, yeah, what are we going to do with it, right? And so they, like, come up with, like, a committee to, like, come up with, like, an enforcement system. It's like, well, you know, people... give you If there's time travel, people are going to try to exploit it. They're going to try to make money. They're going to try to do this. Or do that. We can't do that because of the ripple effects. We can't do that. We can't go back and kill Hitler, 
because of the ripple effects. You don't know what's going to happen. You can't control what happens. It's got that idea of time. But then it throws in a stupid line. Yeah. Of we can't go to the future because it hasn't happened yet. Right. What the fuck? That is a very narrow view of time. Like That's you're really like, pin- you're really pinning your. Um, that makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, I think Time Cop, like all time movies, has time problems. I think what they're saying is in this world, time, we are at the, mo- they, we've discovered time travel and what we've discovered about time travel is that we are at the most forward point of time. Tomorrow okay. has not happened in okay. time yet. I know we're not going through the plot, yeah. but I just, I'm just going to jump to, well, the beginning. Okay. So in the beginning, uh, it's 1994 Yeah, and uh, he's hanging out with his wife. And their house blows up, and she blows up in it. Well, you are jumping like way far. That's, I got that's so many things. Much the beginning. I know. I know. Oh, there's okay. There's things. We'll get to it. But okay. quick question. Yeah. Is is who blew up that house in 1994? Ron Silver. How the future hasn't happened yet. So that see see. But we're seeing it, I guess, from a different perspective. See, that's where I know. It gets that's where it falls apart. It gets super fucked. No, I agree, and I I I was oddly for <laughs> I. Because if the future hasn't happened yet, how could he travel? It's a weird back? thing. It doesn't make any sense. And I'm, I'm, I'm. This movie is not hard to follow, even though it's crazy. Yeah. But it's then, not in hard the, to but it, then yeah. you do feel a little bad in this last scene where there's Ron, there's multiple Jean Claude Van Dams, there's multiple Ron Silvers, and I think there's a period, there was a moment for me at least, and I don't know if you felt this, where you're like, oh no, like I feel like I'm too dumb for this Jean Claude Van Damme movie. I don't understand like what exactly is going on here in terms of like. The consequences, because Ron Silver at that point is just like, mm-hmm. I'm going to blow up with you. I'm like, wait, why would you blow up with them? Like, that seems like the worst thing to do in the world. He's like, because I'll kill you, I'll kill myself now, but past me will 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 survive and go no. forward. And then, so then this is the part where even now I'm just like, did I miss something? Is this like a really obvious thing that I didn't miss? Because that doesn't nope. seem to make any sense. Nope, makes no sense whatsoever. Okay, um, but these are not the things that we get hung up on. There's hmm. so many other small bits of joy in this movie. Oh yeah, no, but so that's the thing. Like, well, you're talking about that. I mean, I I had like. Uh, the equivalent of two pages, pages of notes is before we even got to the house blowing up. Okay. okay? Because, so like... Rewind. <laughs> so my favorite part of this movie is JCVD, he's, like, taking a new job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's telling his Mia Sarah's wife or his girlfriend at this point, uh, yeah, I'm going to take a job. i got to go away for a little while. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's shit he doesn't say. Like, maybe that's what he's not supposed to, right? But they're at a mall. She's pregnant, or she's about to find out she's pregnant? I don't remember if they tell us that later. We don't know that until the end of the movie. Okay. So, but it doesn't matter, because and, my favorite part... And claude doesn't know that. My favorite part of this has nothing to do with that. It's a part where this 40-year-old man is dressed up in, like, skateboarding attire, and he's rolling yeah. through the mall. Not like, and not like, but, like, pure 90s. Like a, like a funny little cap turned sideways yep. and like jewelry and wild colors. But he also and he's like a chubby. Older, he's forty five years white old. Dude. It's like and what I what it reminded me of was like it was like that episode of Thirty Rock. And I don't know the context where Steve Buscemi is like undercover and he's like, or is it Thirty Rock? And he's just like, hello, fellow young person. Is that Thirty Rock? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. But it looked it was that that guy looks he looks that old that he was like Steve Buscemi trying to pass off as that. So that's it's great. But then like he's going through like does he take a purse yeah yeah and jcvd is right here and he stops him cold by sticking his foot so i mean Mm -hmm. just as spread up high as possible just what you want from anytime you see jcvd put his foot right in this guy's face oh yeah and he's like read it it's like read your foot or whatever and he's like yeah read it 
He's like, it says Wolverine. He's like, read it more closely. And he's like, the guy's like, uh, I should get the fuck out of here or whatever. <laughs> oh, he does like, read between oh, the yeah. lines. He reads and he says, Wolverine. Read it. Wolver- Wolverine? Between the lines. Get the fuck out of here? Yeah. I guess he's wearing a handkerchief, not a funny little hat. Man, if I had to, like, provide an eyewitness oh, testimony, I'm looking I would at not right have now. described what is he's I'll tell you wearing. what, he's 45 years old. He is that. He's wearing a flannel <laughs> a shirt. A flannel shirt. Very, like, grunge. In, tucked in, though. These tiny sunglasses. They're That's, hanging down. Yeah, super 90s. Uh, he's got a backpack. He's, I mean, it's just amazing. He's got a backpack, and he's You're, got roller. You have, like, a little gif of this running on a yes. loop, and I could just watch it for an hour. Because his foot is up there so fantastic. far. I mean, it's fantastic. Um, so then, um, because it's the 90s, and poor Mia, you know, I feel bad for Mia Sarah, because she was in a huge hit in came, when it comes to Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Mm -hmm. right? And here she is, in 10, the first 10 minutes of this movie, buck naked, boobs out, and getting drilled by JCVD, and then she gets blown up and killed and she's out of the movie for an hour, right? Yeah. Um, and... So it's very 90s, like, you had these sex scenes, right? And I will say, at least, it's not just her, because you get a lot of thrusting butt from JCVD. It was. I did have some, like, the room It does. It has a little bit of a room thrusty like, oh, butt. this is fucking It's got the a room. thrusty butt, uh, the room situation going. Which, I mean, you know, the room's playing uh, on something there, right? Intentionally. Well, I mean, the difference is that in this movie, it's about, I would say... I don't know, maybe three seconds of JCDV uh, thrusting butt. Mm-hmm. In the room, it's like about eight to nine minutes. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's a little bit a little bit more in the room, but yeah. not not a ton more. Uh, but yeah, of course, they have uh, some sex. Oh, I wanted to show you um, a picture that someone snagged in um, the movie in the mall. Oh, good. And I want you to tell me what you see and describe it. It's very, it. very perfect for an audio podcast, but yeah. Describe it to uh, the people. You're going to show me a picture. Oh, it's very dark. So and then I'm going to describe it. What the fuck is it's that? It's at the mall. They're balloons. So they're balloons, and they're shaped like a JCVD doing the splits. That's amazing. <laughs> so in the mall, inside this indoor mall, there's a massive mound of balloons, individual circular balloons uh-huh. that are tied together. <laughs> And there's a man that's wearing like a Mario like suspenders. It totally looks like Mario, and then like the one there's another overalls that looks like Louis. And he's red, but then the overalls are blue, and he's uh-huh. doing the splits. Doing the splits. That is a great detail. That was done with. I mean, I guess it could have been done with animation, that's but I'm assuming it was real balloons. You know what I'm saying? Do you think that JCVD like took those home and like hung them outside his house until they started to deflate? I think they never deflated because this is. <laughs> This is like cocaine era JCVD too. Like was he on cocaine? Oh, I mean, was he, he on wasn't cocaine? in the nineties. Was he on? I mean, allegedly. I think he even said like he was doing street. Remember we've talked about this. He's doing street fighting. He was like coked out like crazy. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, probably maybe he's probably on. I'm, like, I'm not gonna say allegedly. We'll say allegedly. Okay. Uh, so then I think we're finally at like this uh, uh, this blow up, uh, right? The explosion. Yeah, he gets into a fight. He does some high kicks already, right? And he, he does, does the some splits, splits in the kitchen. That's the first splits we get. I mean, it's not the. There's a better splits later in the movie, but yeah, the first one is in the kitchen. He's fighting. The these first guys. one's always impressive because you're like, that's the first one, so you're like, wow. The 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 dodging a taser one is the best one in the movie, but that's okay. That's a little bit later. Yeah. But yeah, so anyway, he gets shot, but he's wearing a bulletproof vest. And but what's weird is that like the guys that are blowing up his house are like these. 
They're from the future, so they've got future haircuts, and they're like mullets. Future doesn't exist. They're like future mullets. So when do you know when you're in like the future future, or when you're in the past? Well, the movie's telling us that we're in the future past. We're in the past, and then the future's already being intervening. Okay, though, you can't go to the future makes no sense, because obviously the future exists if there's people here from the future. No, but that Like, I'm not going to be able to let that go. No, at that point, no, because at that point, that they have. We're seeing a scene, a moment, that's happened in the past. (laughs) But to who? Because the real time, the the timeline of the movie, (laughs) the true timeline, the true, like, present day of the movie is 2004. And what we're seeing, what you're describing is a scene in 1994. But if you're setting the movie in the present of 2004, then anything that we see that is prior to that, 1994, is simply a a prior time, the past of 2004. It doesn't make no sense. No, it doesn't. I just explained it to you. makes no sense. I just explained it to you. Just because you repeated it doesn't mean that it makes sense. The timeline is 2004. You know, when you go be a lawyer, 2004 exists already, right? In this movie, it's saying to us that the present day is 2004. Just because we only, we see something from, it's like, it's the equivalent of seeing that 1863 scene and those future people with their future guns are robbing the Confederates. Same deal. We know that's in the past and people from the present day have gone back. The present day of 2004. It makes no sense. It does make sense. It does. If you think about it only as like 2004 is the present. We don't know what 2005 is like because we're not there yet, but we are in 2004. Therefore, we can go back to 1994. Therefore, we can go back to 1929. Therefore, we can go back to 1863. So are, th- are, are those people on some sort of loop? Because ha- how? Because well, I have other questions is, about that. That but... is the present to those people. No, they're changing it. The, the, the reason that they have is these Is it a different group... timeline then? As no. As soon as you go back, do you branch off to another timeline? I'm just saying. Well, they haven't. They don't. They sense. don't address that. They don't. It doesn't they make go any in, sense. They don't go into the multiple timeline theory at all. It doesn't make any sense. Well, the it's time travel. This is why we don't have exist. time travel in the first place. It anyway, make sense. screenwriters have have got to stay away. From I don't. Time travel. What you're describing right now is not bothering me. There's other things that are very confusing to me later, but this this is fine to me. Fine. Like this, fine I that they go back. I will accept it just so we can get through this. episode. I think the plan is really stupid. Like, what are we blowing up? Like. Of all the times to go and, like, deal with this cop, because it's because Ron Silver's mad at the cop, right? He's got to take care of this guy. Time travel apparently can only go back to the time where they the robbed in the 17th century, and also 1994. Well, I, That's it. <laughs> no, they go to 1929, too. That's a different guy. But that he's sent by Ron Silver. But you're, but I'm just saying, like, the whole reason he wouldn't blow, he wouldn't did that was because he wanted to stop Jean-Claude Van Damme. So why would you choose him when he's, like, a really buff, ripped dude? Yeah, why wouldn't you go to 1984? I don't know. I don't understand why that was the clean point to, like, uh, to prune him. stupid. Because that was when he decided to join the time thing, and if he'd stop that from happening, then you'll never have an issue of him chasing you. What if someone else came along and part of the time thing, and they ended up chasing him anyway? It doesn't make any fucking sense. Well, of course not. So the plan is terrible. Well, yeah, no, it's not a good plan. But, like, the one thing I do like about his plan not being great is that when we meet the Ron Silver of 1994, he's kind of a moron. I think he's just like, well, one, he looks exactly like the future. Well, he's got a little bit more facial hair in 2004. Oh, oh, just a tiny little bit. But he's kind of a moron, though. He's like, oh. Like, he's just like, he's just kind of he's being shocked by seeing his future self. Well, no, but he was kind of a, he was kind of a, like, a blank slate, even... He was just a pencil pushing like middle congressman. Oh, like in 1994 when they're having the meeting before about before we meet him. Time cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. doesn't know what he's doing. He seems completely aloof, right? A little bit. I yeah. Don't know. So I don't know. He just seems like kind of an idiot. And he, even like future Ron Silver calls him kind of a moron. Like, hey, stay over there, you moron. 
things like that. He's an asshole. Well, yeah, he's playing an asshole. So, anyway, after this blow up of the house, then we go to 1929, which is insane. It goes from, like, this house blowing up. Yeah, the transitions aren't great here. It's just, like, (laughs) first, we're in whatever the first year was, 1820. Yeah. And then it's, like, now we're in 1994, and now we're in 1929, and now we're in 2004. It's 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 wild. That's it. There's no, like, transitional plotting at all. Nope. Not at all. So, yeah, we go to 1929. And there's, like, this, this is just a bizarre scene because it, like, starts off with, like, a, a body, like, on the street, and it's, like, clear that someone has jumped out of the building, right? But then it's, like, the guy that comes in is just like, what happened? Oh, well, it seems like people are having a bad day. Uh, uh, uh. And then there's, like, a doorman who makes, who seems, like, overly sad about everything that's going on. Tell her it's because it's the Great Depression. No, I'm aware of that, but, like... People were sad. What an interest. What a way to, like quickly like their way of like like it wasn't enough to say 1929 or mm-hmm. just like or even say like after the crash or something like that no they're just like no we should do we should just show a body jumping out of a building and be like people are depressed yeah. people are so, sad 1994 yeah before 2001 speaking of september 11th any scene where someone's like jumping out of a building disturbing oh why don't you bring that down there's been plenty of movies where people jump out of buildings I know but every time now Spider-Man jumps out of buildings all the time no every time someone jumps Uh, to their death it's disturbing alright um so I just was tying our you told me that I had to talk about September 11th no I didn't I said that if you did refuse to keep if you kept blowing off the podcast I was gonna make you do a whole episode and now look who's making who I'm gonna make you watch I'm gonna make you watch United 93 you're gonna watch Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close you're gonna watch that uh conspiracy that Tom Hanks movie that's not very good you're gonna watch that conspiracy theory movie about the towers anyway so the movie's in 1929 it's the Great Depression and we're following a new guy we have no idea who this guy is he's like reading the paper and like yucking it up over like something right and we we figure out that this guy's like using the information to like buy stocks that have crashed he's like oh i'll buy buy stocks that have crashed that now have soared i don't know would that be like sears i don't know what it would be he circled them well yeah but they were just initials i didn't i didn't i couldn't couldn't tell you what any of those initials meant. I'm it not wasn't a stock like Google person. or anything. But then we get like a little bubble thing, and I gotta get into all this logistics of this time travel later. But here comes JCVD right through the thing, and then like it's revealed that this guy's his old partner, his old time cop. So partner. now we're in the future. JCVD is a time cop now. Mm-hmm. It's ten. It's well after his wife has blown up, I guess. Ten years. Yep. And he's stopping this guy. He says, "I can't tell you why I'm here." Blah 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 blah. Send some henchmen, in, and then we have more JCVD fighting where he does more splits, uses a lamp to mm-hmm. dodge and fight people. Pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, what is this movie's insane? Then like, this has only been like twenty five minutes. Window. Because oh yeah, because he doesn't want to go back because you know he'll get um, because he knows the bad guy. Will right. go back and kill his family. That's what he said he, he would was do. Born. And that's the thing. That's an important little throwaway line to remember because that will come into play with another character's inexplicable turn and then sudden turn back um, mm-hmm. <laughs> later. But uh, but yeah. So then he jumps out the building. But then JCVD's like, I'm gonna stop this, and he jumps out the building too and like grabs him, and then he Which goes like through the, the laws thing. Of physics tell us. I don't think he can catch up. Yeah. No. I don't think. Well, no. If you if you like do a dive motion, and he's like you point around. If and... you point and you aerodynamic yourself, you can get down faster. I don't know that. Was yeah, like, just like that much distance. I don't know. I don't know if those calculations work out. Spider Man always does. He's always like. Psh. 
He's he flings himself down. And he slings down. Yeah, with some He's putting some speed mm-hmm. extra there. Versus the other guy just jumping. So he catches the guy, pushes the little beep boop beep And then they go through wrist. a little, like, 1994 era CGI, which is pretty Bubble. funny. Mm-hmm, it's just like mm-hmm. a cartoon. Like, a, like Bugs Bunny might have just jumped out of this thing. It would have been about as uh, convincing looking. And they go back to the time... Uh, variants. It's not called the time variance thing. You see what I did? Because here's the first reference where clearly the people who make the Loki show on Disney Plus, they were like, oh man, we're going to set a whole show based on this part of Time Cop. Where Loki's going to become a Time Cop. Yeah, it's basically, that's what this is. There's a court, like it's the first Mm -hmm. episode of Loki. Mm -hmm. Like they have a court, they do a quick judgment. It's like, oh, do you going to get sentenced to? And it's, and it's, it's like, it's like the first episode of Loki. He's like, you get instantly like uh, proven guilty or innocent. Everybody gets proven guilty. And then like the whole, it's so silly because like they make an effort to jump out of building to catch this guy. And then, like, he gets it. Now, John Claude Van Depp doesn't want, he wants him to keep him around to, like, get him to talk, right? Mm-hmm. He's not happy about the sentence, right? Mm-hmm. Because the sentence is death. And so they instantly just throw him back in. Do they show how he gets there? Or they just cut to him jumping they through just the cut thing. Cut to him jumping through? Because that's confusing because the way we know about how time travel works in this world is a whole elaborate system <laughs> to get him to be there. Um, but no, the next scene is, is just him reappearing in that bubble and he crashes into the car and the poor bastard uh doorman is just like oh tomorrow better be a better day it's so weird it's so fucking weird <laughs> but it's loki it's, it's loki yeah the loki people just were like we like time cop we're gonna make a whole show about mm-hmm. this with loki mm-hmm. oh man this is just like the first half hour arguably the best half hour of this movie because mm-hmm. there was just so many things that were going on right yeah um Anyway, I don't know. It's it becomes apparent that Ron Silver he's running for president, but like this is so funny to me. He's like out of money. Yeah, <laughs> like, he needs more money. So the whole plan is to just like go back in time to get more money yeah. so he can have a better campaign. And then the theory, and this is what's weird again. This is our time travel stuff uh, rearing its head again, like with Back to the Future Part Two uh, and the Donald Trump aspirations. Yeah, here's the quote. Yeah, he goes. Uh, we need this is what's his name. Yeah. We need someone in the White House who's so rich they don't have to listen to anybody. When I'm in office, it's going to be like the 80s again. Top 10% will get richer. The other 90% can emigrate to Mexico where they can live a better life. So weird. Because if you think about, like, what our old president just said. Predicted 2017. He didn't. He's not going to get told. You know, he's running with his own money. Turn. You know, of course, he didn't actually run with his own money. Uh, It was. uh, Anyway, it's just like the connections. Someone in the White House is so rich they don't have to listen to anybody. Right. But I mean, but I mean, obviously that's not how it played out. But that's how he campaigned himself to be, right? It's just well, he so weird. Didn't listen to anybody. That's, oh, I know. That's, that's a fact. I guess, but you know what I mean. And then the whole Mexico thing is just kind of comical. It's I mean, like, it's awkward. obviously we're like it's opposite, but you know, uh, <laughs> you know. But again, that's just another another reference where we keep uh, rearing its uh its business. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that that was like? So I know that like um. Trump, he lonely. was a favorite? There was a story about his favorite movie that he would watch all the time. Oh my god, it was something like a silly action movie, right? But it makes me think I can't remember the movie, and it, it'd be a better story if I remember the actual movie. Yeah, great preparation, but production. Um, I just can imagine, like I think he may, because he always said like you can't buy me, like I'm running on my own campaign. I'm wondering if he got that idea after watching Time Cop. Oh, totally. Because he seems like he would watch Time Cop. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Ron Silver was a notable Republican. Um, I got regular Republican, but mm-hmm. back in the day. And so 
yeah, I could see maybe Ron Silver, like, gave him, the, maybe Ron Silver, I don't know, was Ron Silver already, what, can you look up when Ron Silver died? Uh, it was kind of recent. Ron Silver. Did he die before Trump was elected? Probably. That's what I want to know. Yeah, I feel like it was, but let's look. Ron Silver, yeah, 2009. Okay. Well, didn't he want to run? Well, remember he got, there was that incident where uh, he was going to run before. Didn't he run before? Yeah. In his anyway. New Yorker profile, Mr. Trump called the action film an incredible, fantastic movie, Goodfellas. No, that's not the one. There's another one that he, he watched. Heralded tough guy movies like Rambo. Yeah. And Death Wish. Yeah, that's not the one. The president is action hero Harrison Ford, film Air Force One. Yeah, that's not the one though. Okay. God, there was another one I keep I read about Air Force One. I think I'd read about that one too, where he watched Air Force One a bunch. But um, anyway, it's weird. Oh, also, it says Trump's favorite movie, Bloodsport, explains his politics. That's okay. That's why I'm having this memory. Yeah, Bloodsport. He likes. He's a big JCVD fan, obviously. I mean, you know, everybody's got some likable traits. Yeah. No. There you go. He, that's the one. He watched Bloodsport all the time. Also of note, and I'm not, um, you can make your own connection if you want, but there's a TV moment in this movie where they're talking about the white supremacist, supremacist party, uh, qualified for matching funds from the, Oh, uh, yeah, that was also chilling. From the, uh, from the government, they got matching funds for their campaign, uh, yes, financing. Yeah. That was fucking so, weird. Hey, you put those, I'm not connecting anything, I'm just saying it was in the movie too. Yeah, that was fucked up. Um, okay, so, the other great scene, and this is where this, uh, our, our really good last great split scene is he is getting attacked by these henchmen again and he's at his house um, his future house he's watching a screen and in that screen he's watching a videotape of his wife and him having a moment and he's like saying the dialogue and answering her in the video mm-hmm. gee I wonder what that looks like I think Mr. Steven Spielberg liked Timecock too before he decided to make Minority Report, where mm-hmm. Tom Cruise is doing the exact same thing at the beginning exact of Minority Report. same thing. He liked Time Cop, too. My God. Time Cop just ripples through But, like, is it watching... It's, like, the same... It's set up the same way. Like, he's answering Isn't the thing. He's looking at the trope, screen. Though? I know, but it's, like, very visually similar, too. It very much brought you back to Minority Report. Oh, immediately. Yeah. I, I mean, it just... That's what it did. But this pre I mean, man, I'm just saying... I wonder if Peter Hyams and Jean-Claude Van Damme saw my airport and like, what the fuck? We did this. Copycats. And like, again, maybe Time Cop's ripping off all these other movies. I don't care. To me, time starts with Tyler, Time Cop. There is no future. Film history the starts with Time Cop. Exists. exist. No, that's Only it. Only the present. Yeah, all right. With Time Cop. So anyway, <laughs> he's getting attacked at his house. You pointed this out, which is amazing. He he eventually gets a knife to fight in this sequence where he's in his underwear. Mm-hmm. Looking good, obviously. So oh, he's, yeah. all, he's looking good the whole time. He's got a mullet, more of a mullet in the future in 2004 versus mm-hmm. 1990. He had short hair in 94, longer, fuller so hair. keep them, keep well, track of That's important hair. later, right? Um, but he has a knife eventually. But what's funny about it, and you, you spotted this when you're watching, he's like, he grabs this knife, and there's a shot of where he grabs it. It's on a cutting board. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> With an onion uh-huh. cut it just two pieces in half, and it's just sitting there in the middle of the night. And this is the middle of the night. It's not like what kind of he's monster about to prepare a would meal. cut an onion in half and then leave it. It's like the whole fucking onion. It's the smell, and it's like the knife's just laying on the dirty cutting board. It's just sitting out. Uh, Did he forget what he was doing? Very <laughs> fucking weird. I'm gonna cut an onion, and then I'm just like, well, I guess I don't. It wasn't like the butts of the onion either. It, it was, was like a, a. It was an whole onion. Fucking Cut in half. <laughs> Why? An onion. 
Even if it was just a blank cutting, were they like worried that no one would understand that it was like just sitting on a cutting board? Like, why would there be a knife laying around? Oh, he was cutting because an onion. They couldn't have just put it in a chopping block like every fucking buddy. <laughs> like else. anybody, like a thousand movies, right? No, it has to be on the cutting board next to an onion in half. God, that house must smell. It reeks of onion. I mean, so much onion floating through that house. Oh my god. But anyway, uh, he's getting attacked by uh, these guys, and one of the guys, the way he's attacking him is with like. A- <laughs> Uh, a taser, like a taser that you know that shoots, that shoots the, and like flings at the person, like, like in Batman when uh, like Vicky Vale has kind of like current or not tasers. Vicky Vale. It's, no, I'm thinking of um, Batman like Returns. Current tasers that they cops do that. Today yeah, have that's great. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm just saying that's the visual. I assume for me. they had those in '94. Did they yeah, not? Sure, absolutely. Or was that like predictive technology? Someone watched no, that, that was like that's how we make that's how we're gonna make tasers. But no, we had those in Batman Returns and Batman though. So like, and it was I can't remember if it was Michelle Pfeiffer or Vicky Vale that had it. Oh, when man, was the confused. shooting taser right uh, invented? Yeah, used. So mid seventies. Okay, yeah. So that's real futuristic. Um. So like, oh, the other thing about the knife fight is that like he, it's it's tiny and it's like he's not like fighting. He's not using it like a knife. You would use a knife, which is a lot of stabby stabby motions. He's like using it as a sword. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of funny because he's like using this tiny knife as like a little sword. Yeah, having watched, been in the middle of watching Badlands yeah. and then watching that, I was like, oh, it's like sword play, but with an itty bitty sword. It's like baby it's swords. Like, bing, bing, bing. Yeah, it's pretty good. So then, like, at some point, water gets tipped over, right? And so that's a, like, you know, that's going to come back with this ear. You know, there's a taser here. And the henchman's great. He's like, he's like, 50,000 volts, motherfucker! <laughs> he, like, practiced that line so much. And then, the henchman. And then, he, <laughs> so then he shoots it. He's like, have a nice day. Or he, yeah, he yeah. says it, and Jean-Claude Van Damme says that later. Uh-huh. Oh, he says it's the same guy, that's why. Um, so he goes, have a nice day, and he shoots it, and then JCVD does the splits, lands his legs onto the countertops, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. dodges the taser, mm-hmm. and the guy hits the water and electrocutes himself, and I guess just knocks him out. awesome. Oh, man, it's the best part of the movie, right? Oh, my God, I love it. Um, In his little undies. Oh, yeah, he's got some tight, like, tidy whities baby. No, they're like no? boxers. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you, know, you don't well, see I mean, too much I junk. Mean, I don't know. Let's see how much junk we got. Yeah, he's looking pretty good. And, yeah. and now I'm looking at this. This shot is like at daylight now because it was. Like well, not someone's. Was, no, someone's just brightened that shot up. Yeah, okay, that, that, okay, it's okay. it's set okay. in a dark dark area. Um, that that tushy's looking good though. Anyway, like after all this, we've just barely introduced time. We've talked about it, but so then finally we get to see how this works, and I don't know why. <laughs> like. The bubble thing would have been fine. Like, mm-hmm. that would have been just, like, turn a machine on and you just walk through. That would have been fine. But this movie's like, no, we need to have something more dramatic. Ridiculous. So, Gloria Rubin shows up finally. She's, like, introduced as kind of like a, a internal affairs person. Yeah, like, because that guy was your partner, we think that you might also be in right. on the whole traveling to the past. And anyway, he thinks they need to go to 94 to investigate something. Who cares? I can't remember. But he's not allowed to go. He's also not allowed. He's very clear about you can't go back and try to save your wife. Like, that's just not allowed. You could cause problems, blah, blah, blah. Not allowed. But this time he's happened to go back to 1994. Gee, I wonder what might happen. He might run into his wife, maybe, right? So Gloria Rubin and him go to... And it's important to note that, like, the cars in the movie uh, in the future... They wanted to make sure that we knew it was the future. Mm-hmm. But what they really decided to do was, like, make a lot of design choices that feel like maybe, like, the 20, 30, 40 years into the future. Because mm-hmm. some of these cars, like, 
They people, the cars got ugly in ten years, yeah, real fast. Looking ugly, they look like little tanks. They look like Pontiac Aztecs, only like without Whoa. the color. You know, you know, watch yourself. We you had know? a Pontiac Aztec, and we it was a, a hand-me-down car, and it was ugly. But that's about it was perfectly fine. What the cars look like to me, I I would say it looks like the like the Star Tours uh, ride at Disneyland, like the old one, the little like thing you rode in. <laughs> Like, that's what it like, looks let's like. Let's take a regular car and then glue a bunch of big, chunky metal onto the outside like, of it. It's terrible. <laughs> it doesn't look smooth. It's like, no. let's put these large geometrical metal pieces it's on the outside. It's just like a bus- bunch of industrial shit. They drive themselves, right? Because Ron Silver's riding in one. Cool. But, like, yeah, no, they don't look... It's But, like, ten years? Man, a lot of, a lot of stuff happened to car design in ten years. Like, yeah. it really changed, right? It's pretty wild. So that's a good pre- pre-setup to... It looks like a Star Tours. Like, I swear to God, the yeah. screener of this movie and the director, they were like, they just went to Disneyland yeah, when they totally. made this. Because th- that's what it looks like. And so then we get to the mechanism to um, how they leave with time travel. And you think, like, oh, it's just a thing you step into. Nope. You have to get into a rocket that, to me, reminded me of, like, the capsule in Space Mountain. You're definitely, it's like a giant <laughs> roller coaster you're rocket strapping thing. yourself into. And it's on a track. And it's got big rocket boosters, and there's a wall at the end, a cement wall. And then someone, mm-hmm. walk when they're walking, him and Gloria Rubin walk in, someone makes an inexplicable comment. Like, oh, she kind of looks like uh, the something twins. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, there's too many things going on in this movie. And then it's like, they kind of explain this is the only part where they explain it. It's like, oh, yeah, the something twins. Yeah, they smashed into that wall, and there's like a blood spot there's on the two wall. two blood spots from where they, they bit it. So my, okay, so the, here's my main question. Why is there a wall there? <laughs> Why the fuck is there a wall? Why wouldn't you just let it go even, like, way further down the road? And if the thing disappears, or you disappear before you get to the wall, then what does it matter if it's yeah. there or anywhere else? Yeah. It's Don't have a wall. Fucking dumb. Don't put the wall that there. That is a poor fucking design. And then, and it more even, even more inexplicable, you're sitting in, strapped into this thing. With a cover, like, in a capsule. You're strapped in, and mm-hmm. then you go to the f- past, and do you go in the capsule? Nope. The you capsule just, disappears. That just disappears, or you you disappear from the capsule. But the capsule also disappears. It disappeared in the shot? I swear to God it did. Where does that go? I don't think it disappears. I think it's inferred that they, they disappear from the capsule. Well, then how did the blood spots get on there? Well, because they didn't go, and so... Why, because then they smashed it. Well, there'd be a window there. Okay, I, I feel like I need to pause and watch, a, watch the scene again. Like, does... And it doesn't matter. No, but the point is is that they're in a capsule, and then when you see them go to the past, the bubble thing shows up, and they are just, like, walking out or falling out. There's no capsule, and they're standing. They're not strapped in. They're, like, what happens in between, like, them sitting in a capsule, mm-hmm. and then are you, like, transported, and you are immediately, like, removed from the seatbelt? Do you have to, like, sit yourself up? Are you standing yourself up in, like, the wormhole? Mm-hmm. Like, are, is there a period where you're in a wormhole? Is it instantaneous? Like, these are... When you introduce two things where it's not like a... You go in one side and out the other and you're just there. Yeah, like, it makes sense in Back to the Future. Well, you just disappear and you appear instantaneously. In the same location. Yeah. Yeah, at the time you're set to go. Right, but not this. this. Like you can pick you, a location and yeah, you can pick a time. Fuck? But then you're in a... But again, like, the second you add the rocket capsule, then I'm wondering, like, what's the wormhole like? Whereas mm-hmm. if it's instantaneous, I don't have to worry about that. It's just you appear how you are, mm-hmm. right? Or you bring your time machine with you. They don't bring a time machine back. And then when they go back, they just have, like, a little thing on their wrist or their, okay. their belt? It, the time machine goes, by the way. I just found what? a nine-second clip. Here you <laughs> it go. It just disappears? I won't play it, but you can watch it. Where you does it go? Describe what you say. 
Okay, the boosters fire up. It gets fucking going. There's lots People of lights. Their They're going on. really fast. There's a booster, a big bubble, and the whole fucking thing is gone. It disappears. But then, then they show up. There's no capsule. Are they losing a capsule every time? But then, when they come back, they arrive back in the capsule. What the fuck? After going beep boop boop on their wrist, and then they're in the capsule when they get back, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they shoot back back in. What the fuck? What how? How? What's going on? And then what's Ron Silver doing? Do they have their own little capsule yeah, machine somewhere? Because there was like the prototype, and so Ron Silver and his henchmen off screen. Do they have a wall? Do you think the they prototype. have a wall at the end of theirs? Or they just let they that don't, thing they run. They put pillows. They put some pillows at the end <laughs> and of it. A couple mattresses. I like that idea. Um... <laughs> Yeah, man. I don't know. Like, that's so weird, right? Mm-hmm. So they go back, and, like, we get a cute little scene. I say cute. Ironic. I'm not, I don't mean that literally. But, like, JCVD and Gloria Rubin are kind of bonding. And, like, she mentions it's, like, her birthday or something. He says, happy birthday. It's your birthday tomorrow or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they go into this factory place where, within the next two minutes, she immediately just turns on him. Ron Silver shows up. Yep, she's a bad guy. And she's just, like, on his side. And it, it's important to note, and this is where I feel like the movie, it's not great after this. Because you get this great scene where they're, like, they use this cold storage to, like, who knows. It's an important thing that they're going to invest in, that Ron Silver wants to invest that in. That was so flimsy. To make money. Who cares? It doesn't matter. A computer chip or something. All it is is there for it to set up so Jean-Claude Van Damme can, like, throw someone somewhere where their body part will get stuck in ice. Ron Silver left a company that invented a computer chip that was going to be worth a lot of money. So he goes back in time to not leave that company so he could be a rich billionaire. But why is he at the ice factory? What ice factory? They're at this ice factory. They're in a factory and there's like cold things where they go... that's how they keep computer chips cool. Really super cold things? Yeah. It's like a real thing? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know about that. That was not a confusing thing. Is that a 1994 thing? No, that's a now thing. What was it, 1994 thing? For sure. Okay. I mean, when these... But anyway, it's only there so we can have a fight where he, like, gets someone's arm stuck in an ice thing, and then you get to, like, break the arm off and shit, right? Yeah. So that's, like, where we get, and that's when he says, have a nice day again. Um, But yeah, Ron Silver uh, is there, and, like, Gloria Rubin turns on him, but then, like, right after that, JCVD gets away, and then Ron Silver just shoots her. (laughs) Yeah. And then it's like suggested like, oh, you're going to hurt my fa-. It's that line, that one line from that former partner is like, oh, he's going to hurt my family. Apparently he did that to Gloria Rubin at some point too. Wait, what? The line where his ex-partner says like, oh, he'll kill my family yeah, if I don't no, go back. I got that. That's apparently the same thing he told Gloria Rubin. Oh, yeah. He threatened her. But yeah. then he shoots her anyway. <laughs> and you're like, well, she's out of the movie. But no, she's not. She survived. We learned that she survives and she's at the hospital. Was it at that scene, though, that uh, Jean-Claude gives him the scar on his face that travels through time and, and gives future him a scar? Yeah, that's some... Yeah. It's in that... It's in that scene. I do like that. Yeah. yeah so he, he, like, hits him so hard, he gets a, cuts his face open, and then the scar appears on his uh Yeah, I do like double. that. That's cool. Um, but then, what I think about the Gloria Rubin thing is really funny is that, like, she survives, and she's gonna, like... Oh, I was like, well, they say... I'm, I'm gonna go back and testify. Like, I will do this for you. J- JCVD finds her again. It's like, I'm not really bad. Sorry. I turned on you. We could have, like, solved this whole thing right now had I not turned on you. Uh, and then you're like, okay, cool, Glory Room is not bad. And then, like, in the next scene, but someone murders the, her. But then Jean-Claude's like, we gotta get you out of here, because those bad guys are gonna be looking it's for like, you. like, I'll be right I'll back. I'll be right back in about 45 minutes. And then she's dead. <laughs> they get, you get She gets murdered, murdered with the IV or something. Oh, my God. So we had, like, this cross, and then she just gets murdered anyway. Stupid. Uh, it's so stupid. <laughs> 
But then we go to the... This is when we're folding back on time, right? We yep. go into the mall. He sees himself going to the mall. He sees his wife. And he, he decides to... He has the comments to the skateboarder. And then he gets... To the he, The older Jean-Claude Van Damme meets his wife, tells him to do certain things like, oh, just go to the house, try to keep him there, blah, blah, blah. She's aware of this whole thing. First, she freaks the fuck out and is like, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh my god, who are you? And I think we're supposed to think, so then I'm, I'm wondering, okay, so then the dialogue is the same later when she, after he meets, she meets old JCVD, mm-hmm. the di- she goes and meets young JCVD, and it's the same dialogue as the, when we saw in the beginning. So my question for you is, is like, what we saw in the beginning, has she already been told by JCVD, or is this a new thing? And then why would she say the same thing? Is it different? See, that's what doesn't make sense, because <laughs> Tyler, none of it makes sense. Okay. No, I think it might. We're just being dumb. No, <laughs> we're not. I think we're being dumb. Doesn't make sense. This is my problem with it. It does make sense if you're looping into different t- timelines. Right. That makes that makes time travel perfectly acceptable. Well, it's, when you're it's on cleaner. one timeline, it doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't hold as much water. No, it's... Yeah, and that's why in Back to the Future Part 2, it's like, it's an alternative 1985. Like, there's these different branch. They explain it on the sheet. And yes. it's like, okay, well, then we know that's that... That's how you handle and it. And then you fix it, yeah. Yep. You fix the timeline, you go back to the main timeline, right? Yep. I don't know. Anyway, like, the problem with the rest of the movie is it, it probably is explained in, like, quick lines... But I feel like this, after having all this insanity going and all these action scenes, what we get for the climax is young JCVD at the house where we started the movie, or ish, not started the movie, but near, in the rain, thunderstorm, it's dark, and he's, the older version of him is told to keep the younger version upstairs while the older JCVD tries to deal with these guys downstairs. Mm -hmm. It doesn't go well anyway, but we have a lot, it's just a kind of a lengthy, dark, rainy fight, and then... There's a part where um, young JCVD and Sloan, Ferris Bueller Sloan, are up on the roof and they're getting chased. And I'll tell you what else. This is another person that ripped it off. Uh, Jurassic Haunted Mansion. Oh, for The sure. climax of that movie where that Indoraptor is chasing after the little girl on top of the rooftop cathedral. I'm aware that this is also like for Beauty and the Beast, but I choose to think that... Uh, the main inspiration for Jurassic Haunted Mansion, the real movie is called Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Mm-hmm. You and I call it Jurassic Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, the real inspiration was not, in fact, Beauty and the Beast or the Hunchback of Notre Dame or anything that starts no. with a cathedral. It was, they were definitely it was watching the cop. end of Time Cop. I was like, that's a really good sequence. I think I want to have a dinosaur fight on top of a rainy rooftop, oh, just yeah. like this Time Cop movie. Yes. And if I put a dinosaur on it, they'll never know I ripped it off. Mm-hmm. Loki, Minority Report... Jurassic Haunted Mansion. These are Tenet. just these are just three things. Tenant with Tenant. Oh, because they're duped. I mean, yeah, Tenant. The, the whole thing. Going back in time. The whole thing is Tenant. Yeah, the whole thing is Tenant. Tenant's like, hmm. I think I can make Time Cop cooler. So I don't know. Like, I love the prospect. I'm always loving the prospect of getting two JCVDs. He's already done this with. Um, what's the other? Lionheart is two JCVDs. Okay. And then there's another one. Surprisingly, he's done it a couple times. Um, so I'm always got good about that prospect. Unfortunately, I feel like this movie doesn't really utilize that uh, that p- potential. Like, because you're not supposed to. That, that's the big thing we did not share. Yeah. At the beginning, they make a big point of like two things, two of the same thing can't occupy the same space at the same time. Yes, matter. you can see mm-hmm. each other. You can look at each other, interact with each other, give your give your same younger self instruction. Mm-hmm. But if you you can't touch. 
because the, the same matter can't occupy the same space at the same time. So the whole time, like, Ron Silver is kind of just like, hey, when he's trying to talk to his young person, he's like, hey, stay he's the like, fuck back. Go back, back you moron. Right? Well, I don't know. Like, he's a little bit, like, for someone who's well aware of how dangerous that is, he's pretty, like, getting up close cash. to him. Like, like, if you just, like, accidentally tripped, you would have been, like, yep. in trouble, he right? sneezed on the person. So while I think this ending is kind of underwhelming in terms of action... And like the premise of Time Cop, and we're getting this old this house scene. I don't know. It's just yeah. it just feels like kind of a a, a missed opportunity, or they ran out of money. Mm-hmm. One of the two. We do get this spectacular. Now I don't understand why Ron Silver's here, and because it, it seems like he's going to blow up the house while they're there. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't. He's not like getting ready to like leave or anything like that. So I'm very confused. He's literally going to blow them up until like the young Ron Silver shows up because he got told no, to be JCVD there. No, JCVD brought him. JCVD brought him. Mm-hmm. The young version or the mm-hmm. old version? The young version. He got the young one there? He yeah. called him. Yeah. How did he do that? He just brought him there, I think. <laughs> but he was at the place. What place? The mall? Then he swung by and picked up him. There's a like, reason. He called him. Look who I got. Yeah. Well, no, was it the old one that did that or the young no, one? it was the young one. Why would the young one do it? He had no idea what was going on. That's... JCVD brought the young one to threaten the old one. Old JCVD brought the young Ron Silver? Yes. Okay, you, I got confused when you just said that. Old, I young. thought you said young JCVD no, got the young Ron Silver. old brought the young. Old brought the young. Got it. And Keep so... up. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. Whatever. It's no good. But then we get the only thing that I remembered about this movie where... Same matter can't occupy the same place at the same time. And JCVD's big plan at the end of this, because the problem is, is like, the big bad is not a fighter, so you can't have a big confrontation with no, JCVD. No... There will be no fight. There will be no big confrontation. We've had this thing on the rain and whatever, but it's not that great. Um, no, he just like grabs the, the young runs over and just like shoves him into the other one. And then you get what I would describe as like the T2 Terminator molding metal globby gloop look mm-hmm. um which is after t2 it i mean it looks like a, again it definitely feels like a looney tunes like bugs bunny could have jumped out of it but like he, he like he melts into like a, a blob and mm-hmm. he just like it he goes away mm-hmm. and it's gone it seems very painful it was quite horrendous uh, it's watch. so memorable and horrendous to watch that i forget what happened to the henchmen <laughs> like they just take them out or and then what happened to the bomb? He was holding the bomb. Does the bomb go away? But that's not the same matter occupying the same space. So what happens to the bomb? Is that just on the ground? I don't know. I have no idea. And they have to, like, get out of the house before it blew up. And then they have to rebuild the house. What? The house blew up still. Oh, so they got out? Yeah. And then the other, the henchman, who's been a few days since we watched this. See, it's a movie that I forget because the split stuff was done. Um... Yeah, they blow up, and he's got to rebuild. Okay, does he yeah. rebuild the house? Yeah. Okay. Because isn't it in the 2004 scene, and they're like, "Oh, we, we... no," because the future is different. <laughs> <laughs> fucking remember, because then he pops back to 2004, and he this has is a what fucking I'm saying. kid that he. This is know. what I'm saying. This is Jesus. what I'm saying because she's pregnant. This oh, is what I'm saying. I feel like I shouldn't be confused, but I feel like because, I, and I think it's the movie's fault for getting a little bit dull in the rain and so then my guard is down and I'm kind of done with the movie and then I'm not paying attention to what I'm supposed to be paying attention to <laughs> and I feel like I've missed out on what the whatever I'm supposed to understand about what just happened because now I don't remember even where the henchmen were but I think you're right did they blow up or no what happens I don't like the henchmen they were just outside the house they, they were being holding out. them there though weren't they yeah but Jean-Claude beat him up 
But they were supposed to be in the. I don't understand. Okay. What are you not understanding? W- weren't Young they holding Jean-Claude them? Young also popped up and did some. Okay, but were there henchmen too. holding them in there like they were before? Because the henchmen were in the bill in the house with her before when they blew up the house. Has that changed Listen, now? So it has been a week since we watched the movie. <laughs> now you're really outing us on this, and we've officially been podcasting longer than the movie was. Time cop and not for the whole. We haven't been talking about time cop. Okay, but. So that's the thing. So you this is where. You want to watch the face melt? You want me to pause it for a second? No, I don't want to watch it. I just want to. Okay, hold don't... on. We're just going to pause it for a second so you know what the <laughs> fuck you're talking about, Tyler. Unpause. Okay, we watched the clip. <laughs> Number one, I forgot that he made. There was a comment about his high kicks being broad. He should be on Broadway. But then John Vlad Van Am uses that line to be like, oh, I still got my kick. I'm still kicking. Must be on Broadway. He makes that line. It was pretty great. <laughs> um, but no, he. The plan, this is what we were talking about. His plan is to blow himself up. Mm-hmm. And then he'll be like, well, at least my past self will be the president. I was just like, but like, wouldn't you have to go and do the thing to create that? So you would die in 10 years anyway? Like, I don't, things are going to change, but then you changed it. But then if there, if it's changed, yeah, and how are if, you going back to do exactly, it? Exactly. Because then if you, if you are now in the future and you don't go back and do the thing that you did in the future, then it doesn't, didn't get done. So it's all undone. But no, apparently if you do it, it's done and it's just straightforward. And now it's, that's been changed. You can't change it because it doesn't matter. Oh my God. That's insane. Um, but then it's even more insane because like he goes back. So he, you know, he leaves the young uh, JCVD and Sloan together. Yep, they're both unconscious. And then he goes the back. Mm-hmm. And he goes back and see, things were bad the last time he went back. But now his boss is fine. He always bossed, saved, let him go back and he got killed. But he's back being alive. Uh, and then Gloria Rubin's like walking down the, the and hallway. And happy birthday. And she's like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. Uh, hopefully she doesn't uh yeah anyway so she's alive in that timeline now and then he goes this is what's really confusing he goes home and he sees his wife sloan and he sees this kid because she's pregnant right and a 10 year old kid but he's acting like oh i'm like this is new to me i'm seeing this kid for like the first time mm-hmm. so then <coughs> if he's gone back why does so does he does those memories does he not have the memories that I he mean, would have had if he was been there for 10 years? I think they're playing by the Back to the Future rules. I mean, when Marty McFly goes goes home back to the future and his life is slightly different, he's got his new truck, he's he doesn't has he has no memory of that. He doesn't. He doesn't. So why was he exactly. able to go back and he would be outside of that? So maybe that explains why Ron Silver could die, but then the other one could keep going forward without mm, the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, no. But then, wouldn't you have then? You, then would you have like another JCVD in the Helma house already? Why is he the JCVD that's there? I know it's like when you go back to the future, you like take over that body. Yeah, it's fucked up. So when does that? And so why don't you? So then does like his wife have to like explain all these things no, to it's her? Still him, it's still he's like he's working at the time at the time. Wouldn't place. you want to have your ten years of memories that you had your wife and this kid that you've suddenly like? Does he not have the memories? Have your wife alive. But does he have the memories no, or doesn't he? He doesn't because he, he didn't he didn't live them. So what is she gonna? Is he gonna like? Is his wife gonna be like? Why the fuck did you forget everything? Or is she gonna remember no, that this happened? Like, oh yeah, there was this old you that came ten years ago. He came. And that's now you. Well, he came because oh, they're having a kid. Okay. <laughs> That's the end. We cannot talk about Top Cop anymore. 
It's a great movie. Let's go watch it again. I wish it was, I wish it ends better. Other than like the blobby, watch the blobby thing again. And yeah, it's like, what I've liked about the CGI little blobby thing Mm -hmm. is that it is like, it's red, but it's like, it looks like the old, it looks worse than a T2 effects. Let's be honest. Way worse. It's more cartoony, right? But I love one part of it. (laughs) Once they're merged together and it's just this blob, there's like a mouth that screams. It looks like like a monster mouth. Like an eyeball. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. And then it just disappears into a blob, but. Anyway, poor Ron Silver. I know. It's kind of sad. Bruno. <laughs> Bye, Bruno. <laughs> so we did an episode on Time Cop. <laughs> Back to the Time Cop future? What'd Back you to call the it? Time Cop future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, this has been a fun episode of Old Millennials Remember Movies. Feel- if you enjoy this podcast, uh, thanks for listening. I feel like we're ill-equipped and that we're dumb because <laughs> we don't understand time listen, cop very well. Uh, listen, there are lots of um, forums out there discussing all the fuck-ups of the time travel. Oh, yeah. I didn't read any of them. There was a TV series for this, too. There was a TV series. No GCVD. Series. There was a, a sequel. A, a straight-to-video, I'm assuming. No JCVD at any point. Yeah. The TV show did not last. Was it like a UPN or like a syndicated thing? Because it feels like a real Stargate situation. Yeah, for sure. Stargate lasted forever, though, that yeah. show. For a movie that wasn't very good. All right. <laughs> I would have taken a time okay, cop show. You're... Oh, they made it. It's called Loki. Okay. We're finishing now. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We will talk at you another movie. Have a nice day. In the future, which doesn't exist yet. You uh, talked over my uh, my oh, line that I what did. did you say? I said, have a nice day, like he says in the movie. Is that your... Is that your impression of him? What? Is that your JCVD impression? Uh, well, Just no. Stop. I mean, you talked over it, so now I'm like, now I feel like I can't perform it. Oh. Yeah. Stage. I got a little stage fright. He came. You said that earlier. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs>